Warning, some members of this podcast have been known for gratuitous use of the F word. If the F word is something that offends you, fuck it, let's do this. Awesome. Hit the theme music, Doug. Greetings to our cunningly communist Canadian friends. Who knew? Huh? As if COVID wasn't enough. Yes, it's time for another rant. And uh, on this rant, I want to I want to say something to uh, to Pfizer and Johnson and Johnson and AstraZeneca, Moderna, and Moderna, and all these companies that have this vaccine that we all need so badly. How does that vaccine hold up against Ebola? Oh no! Hmm. Mm. Will it? Will it hold up against Ebola? But you just got to mix all four of them. Let's get into what happened here. All right. Huh? Huh? I don't think I've heard okay. this one, Doug. Last week while I was editing down our uh, year-end celebration. Uh, our most notorious <laughs> not listened to episode of all time. Slash 4th of July celebration here. <laughs> the clusterfuck. Uh, yes. When I was editing that down, I had a story come across my newsfeed, and it was about two scientists in Canada that got arrested. And they found files where they sent. Yes, Ebola. Yeah, I know where you're going, Dougie. And the Nipahin virus, whatever the fuck that is, it causes brain damage and swelling and shit like that. Awesome. Think about this. Ebola and that shit, they sent this to the Wuhan lab. Isn't that fucking special? Now- I'm starting to think this Wuhan lab might be up to no good. They might be. They could be. Now- if you think about this, everybody's on the fence. Did it come from the lab? Did it come from a fucking pangolin? Did, you know, where the, where the fuck did it come from? <laughs> fuck that no, but, Fuck that pangolin. Okay. So everybody's on the fence about that. Yes. I say fuck that fence mm-hmm. because if they have Ebola and Ebola gets out, we're all done. Oh, yeah. It's game over, people. Yeah, the It's tw- game over, the tw- and they're not talking about this. The 2022 cocktail is going to be a real doozy. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, I just wanted to get that out there. If you don't know about this story, look it up. It is frightening. 15 of the most deadliest viruses have been sent to the Wuhan lab. <laughs> Uh, whatever, wake me up when they're at 17, then I'll get worried. <laughs> you know, I, I'm waiting for the horror film called The Wuhan Lab. Just like, you know. That's some scary <laughs> shit. I, I think it's also titled 2020. Yeah. No I, I think uh, I think we're still in the credits of that. That's very worrisome, though. Yeah. It, it is. I remember when I was sitting there reading the story, I was like, holy shit, they got Ebola. Yeah. You know, please, Ebola. Please tell me this is the Fucking Babylon Bee. Bleed from your ears, your <laughs> eyes, your, every hole in your body. Yeah. Blood comes out during Ebola. That's nice. Yeah. It's a nice thought. There's not enough masks that are going to Yeah, there's stop. not enough. Yeah. yeah. I don't think an N95 Actually, you know is going to do you You know what? Good. The mask will be just as effective of stopping you from bleeding out of every orifice as it is from keeping <laughs> you from getting COVID. COVID. Yeah. You know, I there is about, a similar, th- there is. that's the bridge between the two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ironically, uh, the Big Bang Theory has a um, segment where um, Bernadette on the show is a uh, microbiologist and she's like, yeah, just like we don't talk about when our lab mixed, uh, you know, the the common colds with Ebola, and they're like, when? Why would you do that? 
we wouldn't. That'd be a terrible, terrible thing. And she just, you know, she laughs it off. And it's like, ironically, this is released like five years before all this shit went down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's, there's a lot of those instances where yeah. they kind of tell the truth through what they think is comedy because they're like, this has to be comedic because it's so outrageous. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of comedy, because it's so outrageous. Um, hey, guys. How was that last episode? <laughs> <laughs> Went down like Ebola. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. We took a little hit on that one. Yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah. I knew we would. I knew we would, but yeah. it had to be done. Yeah. Dare to be different. We did celebrate. I mean, but we oh, went probably celebrate. a little too overboard with the celebrating. Well, here's the thing. I'm only going to speak for me. So immediately I'm going to get defensive. In my defense, is it a good idea? To try to record an episode the night the fireworks are going off all over the place when you've already had a few beers before you even hit record? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, when we were cutting the episode. There's not even a debate to it. When that, we, that was a bad move on my part. <laughs> well, when we were cutting the episode, how long did you say that you forgot like the rest of the episode was like halfway through? Uh, you're asking me questions. I know when it happened, but I don't want to say on this podcast. <laughs> but um, no, I, I remember the moment that my brain turned off, but uh, a, a pretty healthy portion of that audio made it through. Yeah. But there's a huge chunk that uh, will never be heard again. <laughs> yes. No. And it's extremely funny, though. To, to, <laughs> to me, us. it is. Yeah. yeah. To us. Yeah. I, mean. I was telling Doug before you hit record tonight, I was like, it's kind of like watching home home movies. You always love it more than, you know, if, if you bring your friends over and it's right. like, watch this, yeah. you're always going to like it more than the person that you're right. forcing to watch it. Yeah. So I get it. But, I mean, fuck, fuck off if you hated it because we're always going to attempt to try to do something different. And if we can't get a little weird and wild and kind of off the fucking rails, at least Wacky. once in a while, yeah. then I don't even want to do this show. Yeah. And I'm sorry. Yeah. If you did, you know, if you didn't hang in there for the entire episode, go back because the honest home wrecking horror uh, segment <laughs> yeah. is by far, it's almost one of my favorite things or favorite segments we've done on this show. Yeah. I will say this. I took it off the rails well before it got good. And for that, I apologize <laughs> as far as content. Um, yeah. The, the clips that we put at the end, I think are uh, hilarious if you have a sense of humor. And if you don't have a sense of humor, I don't know how you're still listening. Yeah, I have no mm -hmm. idea. But uh, yeah, there's some gold in them there, Hills. Yes, there is. You just got to... I don't know if I did a good enough job in the intro of last week's episode uh, warning the listeners that it was going to be vastly different than traditional episodes. But... Eh, fuck it. It's out. <laughs> it yeah. is what it is. Well, you never know what to expect when, you know, a few of the people that are going to be on the show aren't normally in front of a microphone. Yeah. So, you know, the tendency to jump all over one another uh, intensifies by a magnitude of like five. Well, five was the magic number because that was the number of people we had in studio. And there was a possibility of us having two more. Yeah. And I don't even know. Oh, that that would have been, been like, nuts. That would have been nuts. Yeah. Yeah. You would have had to, we would have to get some software where it just cuts mics off for like two minutes at a time. At least mine. <laughs> probably for five minutes because I can't shut the fuck up. Um, but anyway, 
we've recovered from our one-year anniversary, and we hope that you have too. And for those few out there, there's one person in particular that I know is celebrating White Boy Summer. So I'm going to play a little video that our boy David from Through the Muck and the Mire made that went semi-viral this week, just to kick off, well, to continue our White Boy Summer celebrations. Some of you might look at this chicken and think, wow, another white boy eating unseasoned chicken. But what you don't know is that I put salt on it, so it's spicy as fuck. <laughs> Dude, R.I.P. David. I, I, it really sucks. We got to plan the kid's funeral. It was way too hot for him. He died. <laughs> you know, uh, apparently what this, you know, notified me of is I'm not a good white person or any of the things I supposedly am because I was like, wait, not seasoning chicken. That's a white boy thing. See, that's your French coming out. Yeah. And then your juice side coming out is going, what's the deal with all of this? <laughs> I don't understand all of the hubbub. I'm still looking for my plaid. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I sent that out to Arona. Or yeah, as soon as I saw the video, I screen grabbed it off TikTok and I sent it to you, Arona, just thinking, no explanation needed. Just a little look at Dave living the spicy life would be plenty. And the text I get back is, wait, are white people not known for seasoning chicken? And that hurt me. That physically hurt my soul. <laughs> Why? Yeah. Are white boys? <laughs> I said, <laughs> okay, so this is the text I sent. Our, our buddy Dave living dangerously. Arona comes back with, are white boys known for not seasoning chicken? That's a stereotype I don't remember hearing. And I'm like, oh. You poor summer child. <laughs> We've got to get you. You poor Arizonian. So I just immediately responded, I've got to culture you to stereotypes better. <laughs> Trust me. Trust me. If, if, if there was like a comedy college, which I'm pretty sure has existed at one time, which is fucking hilarious, but it should immediately be burned down. But if there was still a comedy curriculum, your entry level freshman, like, your your first week is going to be understanding stereotypes because that's where a shitload of comedy is it's, it's yeah all of it is there a lot of it it is mm -hmm. because it is. if you if you understand stereotypes and you can play off those you're working on the inherent knowledge that the audience has and look at me right explaining a joke you, this would be also in the first week of what not to do regarding comedy. Right. Yeah, no right. shit. <laughs> but I have to address, if you don't know that white people are naturally known for not seasoning chicken, I don't know where the fuck you've been. Probably <laughs> probably on the white bread aisle. And you'll never catch a Harley man on a rice burner. No, never. Or no. in a Honda. <laughs> Wait, those are the same things. <laughs> I don't get it. A rice <laughs> What is it? Okay, fortunately, I got that one. Okay. All right. okay. See, now I got to ask, like, fuck, where does the stereotype knowledge drop off? Because if you don't get something like that, oh, man. Hey. Nothing, nothing hurts quite as bad as you launching a joke out there. And, and it just sitting there. Yeah. And it's and like, it just sits there and nobody, and everybody's like, what, what? It makes me immediately question how well I know somebody, but Hey, um, it's like, I've done a bad job. Do I know my audience? <laughs> and then, Cause immediately I'm like, how dare he not understand this? This is a commonly known thing. And then I go, wait a minute. If he doesn't know it, me as a buddy 
has done a poor job at being a buddy. Oh, fuck. And then I got to go like exact Sapuru on myself or whatever the fuck it's called. Uh, I got to go fall on the comedy blade and just be like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Fran. I didn't bring you along to the promised land of laughs and <laughs> jolliness of stereotypes. <laughs> fuck, wait until we get into some real good ones. <laughs> but of all the people you would expect to not get that, it would probably be me. I don't know, dude. Maybe six, like six months ago, a year ago. But you've taken quite nicely to so many things. <laughs> like white white people not seasoning chicken to me has been around forever. I know it's just crazy that that is even a thing. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying now? Now, you know. I mean, I I get the old stereotypes, you know, the that we've lived with for years. But I just don't get why it's such a big thing. Yeah. Now. See, and maybe I like Dave doing the do, doing the video and it going fucking viral. Yeah. Because but, it, I mean, it is funny. It's funny. Yeah. But I just don't understand. I don't. I don't understand why it is now. You know, it's just the time that we live in. Yeah. That's the well. Before we started recording tonight, I pulled up his TikTok, and I was telling you around. I was like, yeah, because you were asking what's what's semi-viral, and I said, well, it's all relative. Because if you have 2 million followers, getting 240,000 likes is like nothing. Right. But if your previous video only got six likes, and then this salt being spicy as fuck gets over a quarter million likes, I would say that's semi-viral. Yeah. No, I would say that's viral for him. So I I tip my cap to our buddy Dave over at Through the Muck and the Mire. Congrats very much. Yes, you broke through. Well done. You broke through. By far the funniest fucking video he's ever done. And And I hope hope you get a lot of of fucking, you know, playback from that. Oh, he has. He has. I've shared it with a lot of people he doesn't know. No, I'm just just saying as far as people finding him. Sure. Finding his podcast. Well, yeah. And listening to it, you know. Well, we do our part. Yeah, to our tens of listeners, right, right. But uh, it, it's just when, you know, like the viral video of the kid, you know, the kid that I don't know who put that out. I mean, I don't know who put the video out of, you know, sweaty. Uh, I'm oh, sweating. My balls are sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> my oh, butt yeah. crack, my balls everywhere. That, I dude, I laughed oh, so hard when I saw that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just made me laugh so hard. The- and I don't know who made that video. I mean, but. Somebody does, but but <laughs> in Dave's case, people know who made that video. You know, understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So uh, hopefully you get a you'll get a good bounce on your podcast there, bro. Well, and David doesn't know this, but uh, I shared it in groups and in, in private chat groups that I'm in with people that don't know who the fuck he is, right? And they fucking loved it. Yeah, like yeah. they ate that shit up like unsalted chicken. I mean, they were ready to go. So, good job, Dave. I thought that was by far the funniest shit you've ever done. He's got a series. If you follow him on, if you follow him on Instagram at Through the Muck and the Mire, he does random videos because he's been practicing Br- Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, a.k.a. the Jitsu. <laughs> and he'll just occasionally do a BJJ pro tip of the day. And he's got this whole character where he just breaks down just... Fuck it. Actually, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do a little Dave segment because this shit's too good not to share with the world. <laughs> yeah. 
Hey y'all, it's me again, uh, Dave with the PJJ Pro Tips today. Um, so I know if you if you followed me on the Instagram, then you seen that I was talking a little bit of crap to the blue belts, uh, especially Devin. <laughs> um, and I told Devin I'm going to make you cry. And then um, because I was listening to the two pack gangster rap before I came in here, and I was feeling pretty invincible, and I was hyped up. And I'm pro I wouldn't recommend doing that. Uh, I probably re would recommend doing uh, listening to some gospel, or maybe I don't. It don't matter what your religion is. It maybe listening to all our music or uh, Odin music or whatever. Uh, whatever Odin. you're, whatever going to make you humble. Because if you if you're not humble when you come into the dojo, you're going to be humble when you come out of the dojo. Like Devin will put you on your booty, and they'll. Uh, he did. He's not even. He's not even fat, and he just laid on top of me at one point, and I tapped out just from him laying on top of me. So, um, yeah. So that's that's the tip of the day. Don't uh, if you're not humble coming in the gym, you're gonna be humble coming. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> he's got that's good. Fucking, here. I don't even know how many of these. I, I think he might have even used to number them, but there's just <laughs> hey, one day where one day on this podcast there will be the introduction of a person. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say who it is. You know who it is. Yes. You know who it is. Oh, yeah. But it's an ancient I, it's an, secret. Yes. It's an ancient secret. Yes. That predates the podcast. And when, <laughs> and when this person is introduced to the world, when the he, world will never be the same. No. <laughs> it's almost a uh, Confucianary secret. Yes. <laughs> the world will never be the same. It'll leave more people pondering, that's for sure. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> But no, shout out to Dave. We've had him on the show a couple times. I've been on his show a couple times. He's a good buddy. Uh, he actually listened to the entire episode last week. That's amazing. I know. Yeah, That's hey, incredible. dude, salute, brother. Yeah. Respect. Thank you. Thank <laughs> he, you for doing he, that. He might be one of one. <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, follow I'm gonna, him. Hey, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pour you some scotch for that one, bro. F&A. Yes. Got a big bottle for you waiting on you next time you want to be on the show. Uh, Actually, the bottle that you recommended that I buy, so that's well, going to be... I mean, we don't have to suck his dick or anything. <laughs> <laughs> but no. I just wanted some scotch. <laughs> I've said... Yes. <laughs> Scotchy scotch scotch. <laughs> Tastes so good in my belly. In my belly. <laughs> but no, go follow Dave at Through the Muck and the Mire on Instagram for all of your BJJ pro tips of the day. God damn. I don't know where he comes up with this shit, but it's, uh, it's some funny shit. It makes me giggle. Yes. So good work. Good work, son. All right. On to other things. <laughs> That's about 30 minutes. Yes. So I don't know how the fuck we got here. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but um, so last week, we didn't really, we didn't really have a normal show, but in our prior quote unquote normal shows, we were kind of looking forward to the 4th of July. We were looking forward to seeing how things were going to be. Uh, were they going to pop the fuck off? Was it going to be World War f 3, 4, 5, and 6? Or was it going to be a fairly tame 4th of July? Well, it, it wasn't the one I was expecting. I will. Okay. I, I'll let you know when you let me down, America. And uh, I was let down. Well, not let down. I'm not going to say that. But... uh I expected some crazy, crazy shit this year. I did. <laughs> I did. I expected. I expected like almost, uh, almost January six kind of shit mm. uh, popping well, off somewhere. In some ways, 
they did they did you one better. Doug. Yes, yes, in some ways. But as far as like like last year, the L.A. fireworks display was amazing, a thing of beauty. Yes. Oh yeah, like like part of me almost wants to pull up a video just to watch it, just to feel good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I know it was because great. it was the most awesome display of fuck you. Oh yeah, that I've ever seen in my entire life, yeah. especially in the middle of that summer. One might say it was incendiary. Oh yeah. lord! Oh. God damn it, Arona! Oh, he's so witty. I'm starting to understand why I don't understand how white people don't season chicken. He has such <laughs> wit. Goddamn wordplay. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, anyway, hey, you're the you're the ones that let me on the show. So, well, you know, when you're right, you're right. We we are. <laughs> You add. We you, are responsible. You for, add spice to the show. Spice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You make it spicy. Yeah. You add a little salt to the show. Yeah, a little bit of salt. <laughs> Heat alert. Get the milk. Oh. Yeah. Or, get the or I might. Yeah. I might add some uh, matzah to yeah, the get, show. Get, get the mayonnaise and the fucking ranch. It's getting spicy. In here. Ooh, it's spicy. <laughs> it's a little spicy. Well, there was one place that it did get a little spicy over the Fourth of July weekend. There was. And even though the country as a whole kind of chilled the fuck out, there's one place in particular that said, fuck your chill, homie. And developing now, Chicago saw its most violent weekend so far this year. Despite the city's 4th of July safety plan, dozens of people were shot. At least 16 were killed. NBC5's Lisa Chavaria joins us now with the latest. And these are disturbing numbers, Lisa. They really are, Patrick. At least 92 people were shot uh, across the city throughout this long weekend. Now, activists are calling for changes uh, when it comes to city leadership and also for more resources, especially in the neighborhoods that are being most impacted by this violence. Now, you mentioned this, but we want to reiterate it. At least 16 people among that number of those shot were killed in shootings across the city over this weekend. Among the number of people shot... There were at least five children and two police officers who were hit. Now, over in the loop, Chicago police had to break up a large crowd gathered near Michigan and Washington on the 4th of July. That was on Sunday. Now, two officers were hurt in this whole ordeal, and at least 60 people were arrested for a variety of issues, from fighting to theft to carrying weapons. Alderman Brian Hopkins, whose ward is right next to the loop, says there's now a new tactic to try to curb this type of crime in the area. Shoot first. We're actually arresting juveniles for curfew violations <laughs> that might might seem a bit harsh but when the word gets out that you can't come downtown in large groups like that and commit crimes and terrorize people and get away with it we don't want to arrest you but we will have to <laughs> yeah. wait a second so they had a safety plan and this is what occurred yeah, yeah. Imagine if they didn't have a plan at all. Yeah, there was yeah, no plan. No shit. There, there would yeah. have been ninety-four people shot yeah. and seventeen people killed. <laughs> First of all, and I know this is going to sound crass, but if your your kill ratio is only sixteen out of ninety-three, like that just tells me you're just a bad just, aim. <laughs> uh, inadvertently just spraying into crowds, which is more terrifying. Oh yeah. Then yeah. if there were like sixteen assassinations, right. I'd be like, okay, well there were sixteen people that clearly had some enemies and you know it's it, it's it's a tall number but for almost a hundred people now this is just in one weekend in one city so in in one instance doug 
it did pop the fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it did. But and even nationally, I heard there was like over 150, 200, 250 people shot over the weekend. And and it, but but that's the I mean the point and my point there is you're talking about the whole country. Mm-hmm. It was 200 and something people shot throughout the whole country. 92 of them were in Chicago. Yeah. 92 of them were in one fucking city. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, what? It, maybe there was, you know, 75 in LA, 65 in New York. Well, and that's how they- 40 break, in Atlanta. And that's how <laughs> it's kind of broken out. Like, uh, so I have some international news where they kind of they kind of go over that. This was from three days ago. At least 150 people have died in over 400 shootings during the 4th of July weekend in the U.S. As per data by the Gun Violence Archive, over 400 shooting incidents rocked the U.S. in the 72-hour period. However, it's said that the numbers are likely to rise as fresh data continues to emerge. New York is seeing an unprecedented rise in crimes in recent times. 26 people were killed in 21 shootings, spanning between Friday to Sunday. 13 victims were gunned down in 12 shooting incidents on the American Independence Day of July 4th. Yeah, people going nuts out there. I mean, I guess, like, you know, I tip my fucked up cap to New York. I mean, yeah, it sounded like it was a little more personal. All right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, over 400 people shot, over 150 people dead. Congratulations, Chicago! You got a quarter of the fucking shootings on the Fourth of July. Yeah, well, and that's kind of that's. See, you hear numbers like that, and you're like, wow. America must be in absolute fucking chaos Shit. everywhere at yeah. all times. Yeah, but they're all concentrated in cities. The city, and I've been saying this for a year: get the fuck out of cities. Right. Yeah. I was oh, talking. Yeah. I was talking to a buddy of mine, a friend of the show former roommate of mine his brother just bought a house in downtown atlanta because why prices are cheap prices oh yeah are, prices are cheaper in the city than they are for actual land out in this in the burbs that's insane and i asked him i was like what the fuck is he doing and he was like jim i asked him that immediately <laughs> now he lives further away from the city than we do right and he wants to move further out so he he's on board. He's like, and, and he listens to the show. He's Big Chief Nakahoma, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Big Chief Nakahoma. But um, I remember talking to him, and he was like, "Yeah, I don't under, I don't get it. I don't see the draw, especially if you're moving into the fucking city, right? It's like, why would you? This is just like steady, normal, you know, right life, right." Oh, I'm reaching into my bag of predictions, and it will be that he's going to flip that son of a bitch and have it as a rental within six months. Well, he is newly married. He is younger than me and and younger than uh, my buddy. He's the younger brother of my buddy, and uh, he is newly married. They don't have a kid yet, but I imagine, one, and, and I'm fully certain that babies will be a part of this marriage. When those little ones start plopping out, I I would dare to say I don't think that they will be so in love with the city life. Man, I, ha- I have so many friends that, uh, you know, being in music and stuff, I have so many friends that live in the city that are musicians that for years have been telling me, uh, you need to move to the city. You need to move to the city. <laughs> and now a lot of those friends... <laughs> 
that have been saying, you need to move to the city, you need to move to the city, are getting the fuck out of the city. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I talked to one a couple of weeks ago that's moving out of the city, and uh, he was talking about, you know, he's buying a house out in Cobb County somewhere, and and uh, he was talking about, yeah, man, I'll even... I'll be able to put a studio in a room there, you know, and all this with all, with the money that I've been paying down here, you know? And I'm like, uh, well, what took you so long? You know, I mean, why, why now? You know, I asked him that I asked him, I said, why, why are you doing it now? And he, he straight up said, he said, it's getting crazy down here, dude. Mm -hmm. You know, I haven't been down there myself lately. I haven't been down in Atlanta in the city in a while it's been god the last time i worked down there was last year and that was during covid so there wasn't really shit going on but uh i haven't been down there i don't think i've been down there this year yet in the city you know personally i mean i haven't had any experiences i've been down there more than probably the people in the well no i mean you jim might make your way down there every once in a while almost uh, well, yeah. no i i do go to the city every week yeah how many times a week is debatable and i don't even know my schedule is very fluid but for example i know for a fact all next week i'm not only going to be in the city but i'm going to be in the hood known as east point there you go mm. so, cabbage town <laughs> I'll, I'll be, well cabbage town is 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 uh well there's a lot of bad neighborhoods yes, in Atlanta. Yeah, there are. But East Point, South Fulton, we talked about this a couple episodes ago about Buckhead wanting to secede from Fulton County. And we were talking about South Fulton being very bad off. Right. That's hundred percent where I'm gonna be yeah. all next week. Right. Every day. Not looking forward to it. But I'm I'm in those areas. I'm in areas that I would never naturally go on my own, uh, but work kind of drags me into these areas for you know business opportunities it's a it's a trip that you that we live and we we all live like this everybody lives like this you live in one particular area and you know the areas that you can go to safely yeah sure and then you know the areas that you never go to yeah and that is so sad to to live that way to live in the in the supposedly fucking greatest country in the world. And there's places you can go where you're not safe. You're not safe at all. Yeah. You see this? Yeah. This means not welcome. Yes. And that goes, that goes every way. Yeah. Not just both ways. That goes every way. There's, there's neighborhoods around our city that if you aren't represented, if you aren't a representative of the people that live there, you don't go there. Right. And yes. it's not a, it's black, white, it, it, it's got nothing it, to do with any it of that. It has fuck all to do with, oh, well, there must be a lot of white only areas. Right. No, yeah, no, right. no, there's the white only not welcome here areas. I don't know where those are. There used mm. to be, there used to, all of right. Forsyth County used to be right. one big, if you ain't white, you're not welcome here. Right. Oprah did a whole special on it back yeah. in the eighties. It was the last hangers on of the clan with the sign uh, for georgia (laughs) anyway but that's far been yeah that area has been gentrified the fuck to death oh yeah outside of well it's that 
you know, for I mean, for generally, um, I'm just going to make a generalization, but for white people, you know, you trade out the uh, concrete jungle for pretty much a mobile home jungle. Not giving shit to people that live in mobile homes, but generally the areas that are more mobile homes than anything else, you're going to find a lot of probably bad white elements well it's poor people. as well it's sure. poor it's, yeah. it's it's all it's all economic and exactly and there's no need for that in this country there there really isn't yeah and it's a you know it's we've talked about this multiple times it's given you know like if you have a if you have a a chick that has spits out fucking five babies and then she gets another 200 hundred dollar check every month if she spits out another one and then gets another one every month if that's what makes these places. That's yeah. what makes them mm-hmm. is, is government welfare living. It's what makes them. It's that it's the, uh, what's it called? Section section eight section, section eight. the housing yep. thing. Yeah. Where, where they pay like $15 a month rent, you know, yeah. to live in a government apartment or whatever. And it's, I mean, yeah, you're, you're helping people that are poor with a place to live. But what you're also doing is by giving them money, you're taking away their incentive to go out and fucking make something of their self. And, and when you do that, you breed nothing but crime and violence and babies with no daddies growing up in that shit yeah. um, over and over and over again. It's just a continuance and of exactly. despair. Exactly. It's a cycle. It's yeah. a fucking cycle. And and I'm not saying that all, I mean, there's kids, there's, I'm sure there's some kids that come out of that, that are, that succeed, but they are very rare and it, and very hard to find. And they're nothing that you plan around. Exactly. They're, they're always, they're, they're, not, they're always a surprise. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You know, uh, you're from where, you know, I mean, that's, that's exactly what they would get. Well, the first question, they were, the first question that they always get, if they actually make it in an interview is. How did you make it yeah. out of this? How did you make it but, out of this poverty-stricken household that you were in? Because the expectation is, is that you're not. Yes, that, that you're, you're going not going to make it out. That yes. you're going to be a statistic. Now, I'll divulge a little bit of, uh, I guess, personal story. It, like, over the last 15, 16 years, like, especially you and I, Doug, we work in blue-collar industries. Yes, yes. And I've held a, a, an array of different positions on that blue collar ladder 15 16 years ago i was in carpentry is a fancy way of saying i built decks and fences um it's a very low entry bar and you go wherever the fuck you can make money right after that i was in uh land surveying I was a I was a surveyor. I was one of those uh, guys that you would see standing next to a tripod, looking way the fuck off into s- an area that other people don't know what the fuck I'm looking right. at. Right. I was one of those guys. Yeah. And we would, and this was over ten years ago. This is like thirteen, fourteen years ago when a lot of the impoverished areas of Atlanta were getting gentrified. Right. A lot of uh, big donor investors were coming in trying to flip poor uh cheap property areas right. and trying to make some money off right. of them so we were always the front the front line of that development yep. we would go in before the first bulldozer before the first developer if 
somebody just saw that there was some land within an area that was prospected to be potentially valued at a certain level before they would even go see it, I would be the guy to go see it. Right. To go show them all of the things that were there. What the sewer lines looked like, what the utility lines were carrying into that area, if it could actually support a community worth investing. I say all that to say, I went into fucking crack den neighborhoods with straight up crack hoes on the street. You hear that uh, that stand up, the, the, the famous line from uh, Killing Them Softly from Dave Chappelle. Where he's like, it was three in the morning and I saw a baby. I yeah. said, hey, baby, get the fuck home, baby. Yeah. He's like, I'm selling weed, nigga. Uh, yeah. He was like, oh, shit. I'm selling weed. <laughs> so I bought some, <laughs> I felt yeah. bad for the baby. So I bought some weed from him. All right. I've seen that shit at like six in the morning in the middle of the fucking hood. There was, I'll never forget, there's this one, there were these vacant lots in between these two dilapidated projects that I had to go into to go find property markers. And there was this one house being built, the entire construction crew, every single one of them. And this was the middle of summer. They were in nothing but boots, shorts, that's it. But every single one of them had a pistol on their fucking hip. Mm -hmm. They'd been there for a couple of months building this house. The second that we pull up and they see two other white boys, the, the head guy of this construction operation immediately came over, shook our hands, and asked... Are y'all packing? And at first I was like, are we about to get jumped by a white dude? <laughs> but this guy was like, no, are you? Because if you're not like, here, take mine. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, holy shit. Sure, he, was like, dude. he was like, dude, you don't even know what the fuck we've dealt with down here. And, um, and directly across the street, they were doing crack deals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but we were land surveyors, so we had machetes on our hip. And so he saw we were getting ready, we were getting suited up, and he he saw me pull my machete out of my sheath and getting ready to sharpen. He was like, "Oh fuck, they ain't gonna fuck with y'all." And I can't tell you the first time I had a a crackhead see me cutting my way through the woods in the hood with a machete, <laughs> she fucking lost it. She was like, "Oh shit." <laughs> <laughs> ah, shit, I don't want to be the first. Uh, <laughs> I can't say what she said. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. But she said, I don't want to be the first in to die by the hands of a white man with a sword. And I was like, oh, honey, you wouldn't be the first, yeah. but it ain't going to be by me. <laughs> but well, the, you used to tell me that yeah. you routinely got asked, what the fuck are you doing here? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, there were times that we had to just get the fuck out of Dodge because they were not going to allow us to complete our job. Dude, I I lived, and when I was living in Florida, that's where I lived. I lived in the hood. Yeah. I mean, in the straight up hood. Yeah. And uh, my wife's parents uh, didn't want her to come see me. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I, I got it. I understood it. So I would go see her, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, she would come over and... Uh, and her dad would always say, you make sure he walked you to the car. You make sure, you know, I mean, cause you know, our cars got broken in, man, my car got broken into all the fucking time, oh, yeah. all the time. I mean, and, <laughs> but I will say this, this was great. This is, this is something you will only see in the ghetto is the woodpecker story. I don't know. Did I, have I ever told that story on a podcast? I don't okay. think you have. Okay. It's like fucking, I'm, I'm living in Florida in the ghetto. I live in a. What used to be a motel, <laughs> it used it was an old motel that they turned into like uh fucking apartments <laughs> or yeah. basically you know. So 
I'm living and, and this is in the straight up hood. Uh, there's a metal building that sat right beside us. That was, at, it was big, huge metal, but I don't know what the fuck they put in there, but, uh, <laughs> there was a woodpecker that got on that metal building in the mornings. He would get up there in the morning and it would be about like six o'clock in the morning and that little motherfucker would just be on that metal building and it would just the whole everybody in the neighborhood you'd be like you'd hear shut the fuck up you'd be and just everybody screaming at this fucking woodpecker people throwing shit at the building and stuff do they call it this is funny as hell this is funny this do is, they call this, it the ghetto rooster this actually happened this is this shit really happened three days three days in a row this happened right I'm laying in bed one morning. It's about six o'clock in the morning. Sure as shit. He comes back. Da, 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 da. Just cr fucking hammering on that roof. Crack a doodle doo. About <laughs> he I hear it for about two minutes and then I hear boom. <laughs> and I hear nothing. <laughs> and I walk outside. And one of my neighbors got a shotgun and mm -hmm. fucking shot the shot him. That's Just ghetto. Shot him. That's ghetto snooze. That's straight up yes. That that's is the ghetto, ghetto snooze, snooze button. That's exactly what it was. And and people were clapping. It was funny as hell, dude. Everybody, they were, you could hear like them clapping. And it was funny as hell, dude. And, I don't know. And if I just went back in and went back to bed. <laughs> you know, I was like, hey, cool. Although in the south, it's not unnatural to finally hear that happen with yeah. woodpecker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know, no, they're annoying as fuck. But, oh no, uh, shit. But that was yeah. That, I mean, I dude, my neighbor got shot. My neighbor, his girlfriend, shot him in the stomach. I heard the shot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was in my in playing my guitar, and uh, and I actually heard the shot. And I'm like, "Fuck!" Somebody just got it, you know. And then on my door, <laughs> I'm like, "What the fuck?" This is the thing. This is the thing. I was the only person in the hood that had a telephone. Yeah. That so so instantly, anytime somebody wanted to use the phone, they came to my house. Is this like in eighty? This is like this is in eighty eighty six eighty seven okay. somewhere around there, and uh. <laughs> so dude knocks on the door and i'm looking and i see his face i can see his face through the glass and he's he's got this like look at, on his face you know i'm like, like what the fuck and I open grimace. the door open the door and he's holding his stone and he's bleeding i'm like what the fuck I got he, goes, shit. he goes he goes the bitch shot me <laughs> <laughs> the bitch done shot me and i was like oh my god so i called the ambulance you know yeah. and and the only thing i can think i didn't i'd, I'd never had anybody that was shot sitting right beside me and i'm like what does it feel like dude what does it feel like and he's sitting there he's sitting there he's got his hand on it goes it burns man it burns like fire it's burning like fire oh. you know and you can hear the ambulance go because we lived right by downtown you know yeah. you could hear the fucking ambulance coming and shit and uh, yeah, I saw some crazy shit down there. I really did. I saw, I mean, there were hookers. Like I walk out my front door and, and every day, every day there were hookers yep. like try, just, Hey baby. Hey baby. Yep. You got a cigarette, you know, and, and you give them a cigarette and then they like, Hey, what you doing today? Uh -huh. You know, and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, I'm going to work, bitch. Then they start yeah, the Stay pitch. out of my fucking place. Yeah. Stay out of my shit. Yeah. So people get shot around here. Get yeah, the fuck yeah. out of here. And uh, that's oh. first dead body I ever saw. Um, yeah. We were, we were, I, I said this about very scary Barry, my buddy. Uh, we were playing cards one night and I, uh, and we heard gunshots and he was like, damn, that one was close by. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's what Barry said. I said, yeah, yeah, you know. And then we, we, so we walked outside 
And uh, we heard car car tires screeching away, you know, and I'm like, fuck, it's a drive-by, man. And so we walked up, and sure as shit, there was a guy, there was a barbecue place. Mm-hmm. And in the parking lot of the barbecue place, there was a fucking body laying there. Yep. And the cops came up. <laughs> the cops come rolling up right when we got there, you know, and they're like, oh, y'all can't be here. Y'all can't be here. I'm like, holy shit. And it was a, he was dead, dude. Yeah. That shot in the head. Yeah. I and, mean, uh, fuck, the, the last time I saw a dead body was only a couple of years ago. Yeah. Mm. Well, um, that was my first uh, shooting in the hood dead yeah. body that I'd ever seen. And you, it, it freaked me out for a minute, dude. It did. I was you like, You would oh. think in the hood, the sacred place would be the barbecue sh- shop. Yeah. Well, Don't shoot anybody in the really fucking was. barbecue well, spot. Well, that's probably why he got shot there. Yeah. You know, he was probably, you know. It was it desecrating was, the sacred. Yeah. Oh, I guess. <laughs> but it was it was crack deals and hookers and all kinds. Oh, yeah. It was shit. It was crazy. Oh it yeah, was crazy no, I've, down there. I've, like my time in the hood here in Atlanta. You know, I've had my I've had my truck closed in on. Uh, <laughs> Google Maps took me down a one way alley yep. where there was no like, and I got closed in on from the rear. Uh, I got closed in on from the front. There's just groups of people. Right. And I naturally stood out like a sore fucking oh, yeah. thumb. And so I was either a cop to them or somebody that they could easily take advantage of because I wasn't from there. So I was driving down this one way alley just wide enough for my truck. Thanks, Google. You fucks. <laughs> and I, I couldn't go any further forward. So I plopped it in reverse. And all of a sudden, a group twice that size shows up behind, behind me. You. Yep. And I was like, fuck. Now, this was back in my land surveying days, so I was like, my machete's in the bed of the truck, and I, I'm i fucked. The only good thing was I was in a full-size Dodge Ram with exhaust, right? and it was early in the morning, so I figured, fuck it, just smash the fucking gas, because at this, at this point, I was just like, fuck it, whatever happened, it's either me or it's them, and as long as I'm in the truck, I got a chance. So I floor it fucking forward and they move, but I didn't get a hundred yards down the road. A crack whore immediately runs out in front of the truck, trying to get hit by the truck, slam on the brakes. Everybody behind me is now coming after me right. because I almost hit them. Right. Now they're offended. Yes. And I swerve up on the curb around the crack hoe and I just got the fuck out of there, called my boss and I was like, I'm done today. Yeah. Yeah. So the only reason I'm telling any of these stories and the only reason why I even bring wanted to bring it up is that we're not speaking from some position like we've never encountered some fucked right. up shit. Yes. Yes. You know, I've well, I got more stories, but I don't think I want to tell them on the podcast because right, right, right. I, I don't you, I don't, you remember, I don't you, you, want to put myself in any potential <laughs> You ever been to the Somber Reptile? Uh uh-uh. uh. It's a bar in down in Atlanta. We had pl- we had just played a gig there and I was on my way home. And I'm in an S ten truck an S10 pickup and I've got my guitar and my gig bag and my amp are in the cab with me, but my cabinet is in the back, in the back of the, in the, you know, in the bed of mm-hmm. the truck. I get stopped at a red light down there and I look over and there's, you know, there's probably five or six hood, hood hoodlums, mm-hmm. <laughs> hood people mm-hmm. uh, hanging out on the corner. And the light's red. I'm just sitting there, and I got my windows down. You know, I'm smoking a butt. And uh, and they look over, and I see, I can see in my in my rearview mirror and in my side mirrors, I can see people coming around to the other side of my truck, to the driver's side. And uh, there was about 
six dudes got right, dude, they got right up on my cabinet. And this is a four banger. This is a four cylinder S10 truck. And uh, I scared the shit out of them fuckers on a four banger. Mm-hmm. Um, they they got right, they were right there at my, at, at about to grab my cabinet. And I took the fuck off and ran the red light. Not only that, when I ran the red light, I went up into a, <laughs> into a fucking thing because I was pissed. I went up into a store thing, turned around, and came back. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if they thought I had a gun or something, but them <laughs> motherfuckers scattered, dude. They got the fuck out of Dodge. This white boy crazy. And yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's exactly what they thought. They said, this white boy's crazy. And the only reason I turned around was because I missed my turn. <laughs> I, was just, I was just fucking, I was just trying to get the fuck away, you know? So when I turn around and I go back, you can see them, man. You can see them. They just all start running. I'm like, and and, and I was thinking of, I was laughing, man. I was laughing in my head. I think, think I'm coming back to fucking shoot them or something. That's oh, yeah. funny as hell. Oh, yeah. But, and so I went down back to the light, made my turn and got the fuck out of there. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> like, I can say this now because I don't work for them anymore, but I used to work for a landscape company where I was downtown all day, every day. My route was downtown and it was majority, majority uh buckhead based as well as like downtown downtown and when we were downtown we encountered all the varieties of homeless people right and there's there is there's like a entire structure of oh of, yeah there's like a homeless mm-hmm. hierarchy yeah there is there is you have the ones that legit are just straight up like on some bad luck and you have some others that are just straight up they are never going to be anything other than this version of themselves like right. mentally whether they were born that way or they just fried their brain that's that's their new them forever right. right yeah and those are usually the ones that you show up one week and then you're they're your buddy you show up the next week and they want to murder you and they mean it they're not even joking mm-hmm. no they're crazy yeah and my i was i was a crew leader so that means that I was responsible for it no less than two other people's lives at all time, plus the equipment that was on the truck, plus the truck itself. And so a few hundred thousand dollars worth of company assets that uh, a lot of times, if a lot of these opportunistic citizens, uh, if they saw an opportunity, they would take all of that. And back then I smoked cigarettes. And that's the ticket for conversation. Oh with yeah, any, any anywhere in the hood. Oh yeah, anybody in the hood. Yes, and every homeless person. Yep, got a cigarette. Hey man, you got to smoke. Yeah. So at first, naive young Jim was like, "Here, have two. We good now?" All they see is like, "That's my mark." Yeah, that's him. <laughs> I know you show up at ten oh six every Tuesday here. You also show up every Thursday at 11.43 at this other property. Right. So they ended up routing me. Right. And they knew right. where I was going to be. Hey, man, you got to smoke. <laughs> like, Shit. Get out of your clot. I don't need this nonsense. <laughs> but occasionally, there'd be no Clyde, but a whole new homeless guy. Yeah, right. Yeah. And that was always a gamble. You never knew if they were as cool as Clyde or if they were fucking just whacked out ready to get weird yep and i i worked that route for like three years and over that time i saw a series of varieties the different varieties of 
the, the homeless psychology and my, my end result, my main thesis that I taught everybody that ever worked with me was if you see a homeless person, be nice to them. If they ask for something that you can easily give them that would make them continue on their path, let them, let them have it. Be right. generous. Be, be decent. Yep. However, it's, Im- it's imperative that you recognize dangerous crazy right. before oh, yeah. they get to you. And your only defense mechanism is be crazier than they are. D- uh, let me ask you this. And they will leave you the fuck alone. Do you know Sally Stroller? They called her Sally Stroller, downtown Atlanta. Oh, there's so many. Okay, there's a, is a, this is an you you would know her because she's been there for years. She's a very old black lady that pushes a shopping cart mm-hmm. in downtown Atlanta. I'm talking about like by the Peachtree, by the Westin. Yeah. Well, I don't know what it's called now. Is it still the? It's still the West. Westin. The, 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 yeah. the circular one that yeah, got all yeah, the windows yeah. blown out when the, hur- or yeah. the tornado hit. Yeah, yeah the hotel. Yeah. Uh, but she's in that area. That's the area that she hangs out in. And they call her uh, Sally the Stroller. Is what That's what this one dude told me, you know, mm-hmm. when I was down there working. He goes, oh, that's Sally the Stroller. She's cool, you know. And she, But she is mentally, mm-hmm. I mean, there's something wrong mm-hmm. with her. And uh, I remember I was working down there. And this was, I mean, I, I remember seeing her in the 80s when I would come here. Yeah. Um, and she was younger. And then when I moved here, we moved here in 95. I saw her in like 96. And, um, and I remember, I was like, wow, she, she's still down here, you know? And mm-hmm. when the guy, when I talked to the guy, he told me that she had been down there for years Oh yeah. and I was like, oh, so, so it probably is the same lady that I saw in the eighties, you mm-hmm. know? And so, uh, I was working down there one day and she came up to me and she's got this shopping cart just full of shit. I mean, just oh yeah, just shit, just shit that she got out of dumpsters and shit, you know. And I mean, it's she's got like a like shit that I mean, it's it's like a rug and and hey and man, one a, man's a trash, uh-huh. <laughs> you know? one man's trash is Sally's yeah you know, living and, room, and she's got this. She, she carries a shopping cart around with her, and uh, I don't know where she goes. I mean, I know uh, that there's some people down there that uh, that take care of her. I do know that yep. mm-hmm. because uh, one of the security guys at the Weston, when I was down there working one time, he told me that, that they look out for, her, mm-hmm. you know, because, yeah, yeah. cause they know what she is. They know sure. she's never going to be anything than what she is, Correct. is what you're talking about. And I remember I was working down there and she came up to me and she goes, she, she looks at me and she goes, uh, it, it was the strangest thing I, I'd ever heard. She goes, uh, is the she something about is the devil? I forgot exactly the way she put it. Something about the devil being around the corner. I was about to say, is the devil here today or going to be here tomorrow? Around something like it, that. It was she was something about the devil around the corner. Yeah, and and I didn't I I, I didn't understand what she said. I said, what was that? You know, mm-hmm. and she said that she said it again, and I said, uh, I haven't seen the devil today. That's what I told her. I said, I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him today. And she goes, oh, that's good. Yep. That's good. Yep. And then she pushed her shopping cart and started strolling away. And I was like, wow. Yeah. I mean, that is, it's, Mm -hmm. it's a, it, you know, you talk about mental illness and things like that. Um, 
when you see someone like her, it it's like mental illness goes to a whole new fucking level in your mind of what it can be. It's you know? weird because it's like then mental illness makes sense. Yes, exactly. Yeah. The yes. thing that makes no sense. Makes no sense at all. Yes. When you experience it up close and in person. And in, in that a, level. In a vulnerable yeah. environment. Right. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, when they cut all the funding, you know, I think it was either the late 80s or 90s. They cut funding for all the mental hospitals. And of course, you know, where a lot of these people would have had a place to be. Yeah, they would have been in the mental hospital. Yeah, they are now released out into, you know, the public. And these are your people that, uh, you know, are always the squatters yeah. you know the the inf, you know the ones that never leave that situation the permanent mm-hmm. residentless dwellers yeah yeah and a lot of that also is is when they made it so that you couldn't commit somebody against their will and sure. for a lot of reasons that are obviously positive but there's a lot of people that fall through the cracks that are now going to be on the road or you know on the streets that now don't have that uh yeah. options because so, for a lot of people that's where they needed to be but because the mechanism was so easy to just get somebody in there they they had to repeal that and the abuses Correct. that were going so, on in there i so mean there were because of the negatives you had to let everybody go right and so now you just you unleash a, a portion of this onto society and if it's a small number of people it, it can be dealt with it, right. can, it can you can absorb that you know, people like you and I, Doug, working in these environments, um, especially with just a little bit of experience, you can you can interact quite well. Right, right. Uh, for the vast majority of the interactions with these individuals, they're not dangerous or anything. Now, no. granted, you and I, we work during daylight hours. Right, right. Very different environment. Right. I've been downtown uh, at night to go to different venues, shows different attractions whatever right and i see that same person and they're not that same person right you know they got a, a bottle of mad dog in yeah, them, right, and it's right. like ah, that ain't yeah. the same yeah that ain't, the same guy. that ain't the same guy i'll see you tomorrow clyde <laughs> but you, you i'll get you a cigarette tomorrow morning yeah you acting a little crazy yeah. dog but that is funny to go downtown at night like with your buddies to go see a show and you get recognized by the local homeless population <laughs> yeah that has happened yeah. and some, sometimes my friends would be like who the fuck are you <laughs> and I'm like, i know you and i'm like don't worry dude me and that dude are cool not right now he's not cool with anybody but uh we're good it, see it's why i appreciated uh and i know you haven't seen the movie jim or i at least believe you haven't um the representation of the the you know the mental system you know the hospitals and everything like that and the funding the representation of that in the movie The Joker, fucking spot on. Oh, yeah. I've seen that movie. Yeah. yeah. A couple times, yeah. No, I thought it was great. Yeah. And I think that's that was the whole point. Like we this is the longest like diatribe, which I've thoroughly <laughs> enjoyed because I've lived this is the area that I've lived in for a decade and a half, is going into these areas, which I don't look forward to going to at all. Especially nowadays. Like I've been going into these very dangerous, not good neighborhoods for decades. There's always been an element of danger and a necessity to keep your head on a swivel. 
But there was never any of that immediate, like, I'm going, I'm the target. Yeah. I knew I stood out, but I also knew that I could exist and survive in a lot of these environments. No, it's it's amplified now. It's so different. Yeah. So different. So this... This might be a little bit of like explaining to the listeners that everything you've heard us say in the prior 47 episodes or whatever, where we rail against inner city living, the dangers that are associated with urban centers, they're not coming from like, uh, we just watch Fox News and we're hardcore alt-right, <laughs> you know, right-wingers or whatever. Right. Um, it, it comes from, and, and I understand how it could be perceived that way. Because it's popular to say the things that we're saying from people that have never experienced it any other way than what it looks like over the last 18 months. Right. And that's not us. Fuck them. I'm speaking from a point of, you know, I honestly used to have homeless friends right. that I would see weekly for years. And I'm speaking from a point that I used, used to, to be one there. of these homeless yeah, friends. You used to live <laughs> yeah. in this area. It, yeah. it was a part of our lives. Yeah, sure. And going back into these same areas, it is not, it is not anything close to the same. No, it is not. It is threatening to everyone at all times in some of these areas. Even the people that live there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because Chicago wasn't always. Especially to the people that live there. Yeah. They're they're scared to walk outside. Case in point, the the last video that we played about the Chicago thing, Southside Chicago wasn't always that dangerous. Right. It's always been dangerous, but not like that. No, and it's the guns, man. It's it's the it's guns, and people just don't give a fuck anymore. A lot of it's gang violence, and the gang violence comes from broken homes. That's where it comes. That's from. That's what I was gonna say. That's the foundation it, it, of it. To me, to me, it's like looking at a new development and saying it's the hammers. Right. That, that it's the hammers. They're 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 hitting too many nails and putting up all these houses. Right. It's like no 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 no. It's more more rooted than that yeah sure the the hammer is this is the same to inner city crime violence as the gun no yeah it's right. the tool that they are using and that tool's always been there right but it's more so the breakdown and the disintegration of just common decency yeah and a lot of these areas due to the breaking down of of the, the family. structured home the structured yeah. family yep all of that. Mm-hmm. Now, that's something that we've also railed against on this podcast. Is, and that doesn't make us that different from, quote unquote, right wing, you know, whatever that you might hear. Ben Shapiro, our facts don't care about your feelings. I don't give a fuck about any of that. Fuck yeah. Ben Shapiro. I'm I'm here and, and Doug and I, at least, are here to just share a side of our experiences in these areas and to let you know it ain't the same. Right. It right. just isn't. And what we're saying is absolutely real. When I talk about the breakdown of the family, I'm not talking about, I, th- that's not a political thing. That's no. actually fucking happening. Yeah. I mean, when you sure. when you have a teenager, 17, 18-year-old girl that has a baby and she starts getting that check every month, and she don't even know how to raise a kid. She has no idea. So well, what she, is was, she, do- she was never shown exactly from who raised her. From who raised her. Exactly. Yeah. So when I hear these stories, I hear these stories all the time. You know, the cops broke into an apartment and they found a six-year-old, a six-month-old, and a fucking three-year-old living in shit and squalor and, and shit with no parent anywhere. 
that does not shock me anymore. No, and that no. should shock the shit out of me. It yeah. should. It should be that should be a shocking fucking thing. It should be enough where it to, fucks up not just your day but your fucking month. Right. Yeah. Right. That that's so sad. But it's a normal everyday thing that's happening now and it's because education is a big part of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the breakdown of the family of an actual family. Sure. A mother, a father, the kids, all of my friends who are black, uh, even the hood motherfuckers that I know, their kids are not hood. Mm -mm. Their kids don't even know that they are hood. Yeah. And that is a beautiful thing that I see come from that. It is. They always make sure their kids are, uh, they're taken care of and they're not around what they're in. And I respect that to the bone from these guys. It's creating a new norm uh, for their children. Right. You know, an environment. And, uh, you know, we mentioned quite a bit on the mental health aspect. And what is the foundation of mental health and the reasons why people have these issues is trauma. And in these areas, what is more prevalent than fucking trauma? You don't even have to have trauma from your own family. It's around the fucking corner. Yeah. It's everywhere. And so, yeah. you know, I, I think it's a general environmental norm that creates these situations. And it's not independent to black, to Latino, to white. It's everyone. We just like to um, break it down into groups and say that one group's the problem over another group. It's not. It's a situational hazard that, that we deal with. Well, so, and it, it's family. It's taking mm-hmm. care of business. It's yeah. if you if you have a kid, if you're a man, if you're a real man, and you get somebody pregnant, and and that kid is brought into this world, it is your fucking responsibility as a man to mm-hmm. make sure that fucking kid gets a chance. Fucking, yeah. if you just go around sticking your dick in anything and you have fucking 10 kids from 10 different mothers that you don't give a fuck about, you ain't no man. That ain't no man. No. You're just fucking a waste of space and you're fucking everything up for the rest of oh, us. Oh, cool. Yeah. You can drain your balls? Yeah. Into yeah. a hoe? Yeah. Wow, dude. Yeah. That's an <laughs> wow. accomplishment. Yeah. Man, hey, let's get the fucking Chamber of Commerce on the line. Let's make a road name for this yeah. fucking guy. And, and <laughs> I had a friend of mine a long time ago, and you know people would call him white trash or whatever. I, hell, I call him white trash. He's a fucking scumbag. He did that. He had four different kids from four different chicks, mm-hmm. and didn't take care of those t- those kids at all. I mean, as a matter of fact, two of the kids I would help. Mm-hmm. I would I would you know I would make sure that they had something to eat or whatever whenever I had a chance to do it. And this dude, just a piece of shit, just a total piece of shit. And nobody would call him on it, but me. I was the only one that would call him on it. I was just about to say, that's the type of guy where the community needs to handle him. And Yeah. Yeah. And and a a strong community doesn't allow that because the other men would be like, hey, man, you're fucking up. Right. You're fucking up. Your fun is other people's lives that you are not giving a fuck right. about. Yeah. Right. And you don't have to make a law. You don't have to make it illegal to have multiple baby mamas. But I do feel that for a proper society, community, or culture to exist, it's incumbent on, and it shows 
the strength or the lack thereof of that community if there's enough people that are have the balls to say, hey, dude, nah. Yeah. Yeah, and I was the only one that would ever call him on it. For instance, we'd be at a party, and he'd come in, and, yeah, and you know, he'd be fucking drunk or and, and trying to mooch weed off of people and shit like that, you know? And I'm always. like- Always. Yeah, always mooching, always yeah. mooching shit. Yeah. And, uh, and I'd be like, everybody at the party be walking up to him, high-fiving, hugging him and shit like that. And when he'd come up to me, I'd be like, dude, uh, don't you have fucking four kids now, you should be taking care of? Let me ask of? you a quick question. Would he be the type to say, help me out because- Come on, man. I got four kids. Yes. Yeah. Like, yes. That's how he <laughs> Absolutely. How, how did I know? Yeah. I've never even met that's this guy. That's why I said, yeah, you don't have to. heard the story. Yeah. Because you, we you, all know that guy. Yeah, exactly. We exactly. all know that guy. Yes. And that motherfucker needs to get called out by his own community. No, agreed. And as long as the community doesn't give a fuck to call out the guy that's ruining your fucking community, you deserve the shit community that you get. Now, well, I'll say this. This yeah. guy's dead now. Well, he died probably about nine years ago. So God called him out. And now, now <laughs> let me say this. Let me say this. Uh, out of the four kids, two of them went to college. One of them is a fucking doctor. Hmm. There you go. Nice. You never know what's going to motivate somebody. Yes. And that's yeah. a success story for that one family. Now, yes. what about the other two kids? Yeah, the other two kids, they're they're hopeless. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're 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 like I mean. They're they're living off the government. Well, That's basically you gotta understand what those four kids, all going back to what you said, Arona, all grew up with trauma. Yeah, mm-hmm. that that man being the source of their life, right. was immediate and lifelong and, trauma. And the only reason that the two kids did make it to college was the family of the mothers of those kids, because they said it's unacceptable for that, you to turn out that, any other that, way. One of them, one of the kids, wouldn't even let. One of the mother's uh, parents wouldn't even let their daughter see this guy. And that, wouldn't, I, even, wouldn't even let him around and to I see applaud, the kid. And I would applaud that woman. Yeah. yeah. I would say yeah. that that's what I'm talking was, about with the community. Yes. Saying this shit stops. Yes. Here. Yeah. And that's, and that's the way it's, that's the way it's been. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's a, th- there's so many people like that. There mm-hmm. really are. There's so many people that are just, they go through life thinking that, uh, they can do whatever the fuck they want to do, mm-hmm. and have and and not have to pay f- any any fucking consequences for it. You know what I mean? And that comes from what you were saying an hour ago when we started this right. by saying when you get the free government dole, dole, yep, that takes away that pain, yeah, of dis- poor decision making, right? Yeah. yeah, and if anything, it encourages it because. Your poor decision-making is subsidized. Therefore, you don't have the natural reasons and responses of, you know, understanding that your decisions are actually negative. Right. Having a negative impact on you. And if enough individuals are making negative impacts on themselves, that is how a community gets fucking swallowed up and now becomes it, it's no different than an indian reservation right yes indian reservations are at that no that that's a that's one of the best examples of what i'm talking about than yeah. anything sure is and, as you say we'll give you this area and and you can do whatever you want here in fact we'll uh, we'll under we'll under police we'll we'll turn a blind eye to your own bad activities and every 4 years or every whatever We'll make sure that we tell you 
that we're going to up your benefits, your payments. We're going to increase your doles that we're mailing to you so that you just, we're not concerned about you ever becoming better. Right. We're only concerned that you don't turn your attention on us. A lot of what's going on with the reservations now are within the community of the Native American community sure. because a lot of the reservations now operate off of casinos. They operate off of casino money. Yeah. And that money is goes to the res- to the members of the reservation and but at the same time those people that work in those casinos um that direct them and all of that they're the worst representation of the Native American community. Yep. And they don't give a fuck about their own people. Well, they, those they, are, they could care less as long as the money keeps those coming. Those are the same individuals filtering drugs and yes. everything else into their into community. their community. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Bringing the meth in, and and it's because they're making money off of it. And this was this is what's so crazy. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll give you a piece of the casino money, uh, and and you'll make you know. Thirty-five, forty thousand dollars a year, but we're going to take that back from you by selling you meth, yeah, and and turn you into a, a just a just a shill for us to give you the casino money, just so you can give it right back to us. If for our listeners out there that aren't as familiar with this topic, I would recommend you look up on YouTube. It's out there. Look up Russell Means. Uh, testimony in front of congress i think it was like in the mid 80s but russell means is probably the most premier prominent uh, american indian activist that uh there's hours and hours of video of him discussing what it's like to live on a reservation yes an american indian yeah now I have a certain soft spot in my heart for Russell Means because I I don't remember what year it was, but in one of my history classes in college, my professor was friends with him and he got him to come in to address the class. Like, and it wasn't just um, coming in for 15 minutes. It was like, uh, he's going to come in on the Thursday class and he's here for the next week. So he's, He's doing something at the student union that Friday night and then also Saturday. If you go to the Friday night and Saturday thing, it's extra credit. Basically, if you come to those two, you don't have to pay attention to the rest of my class because I think he's he's that important. And and I've said it on the podcast before. I've got Cherokee, you know, lineage on my mom's side. Native American history was very, very big growing up on that side. I still have my granddad's Arrowhead collection. It's one of my prized possessions. Right. And seeing and listening to Russell Means talk to us directly, and this was before any phone that had a camera on it, so I couldn't record any of it, but it was the first time in my life where I heard it from someone outside my family, the true level of understanding of what it was like to live currently on a reservation. And this man was not dumb. One of the smartest men I think I've ever listened to ever and he he displayed it so perfectly what you just said as far as the way that and and you know everybody can have a debate about how the colonial people 
conquered the land or yeah. whatever and displaced the Indians, whatever. He goes from everything from that point all the way up until current day, the day he was talking to you, what it's like to live on a reservation right. as an American Indian. And there's a reason why I don't say Native American. I used to say Native American until I heard him speak. And he said, don't ever say that. He's like, because I'm not. Everybody now is a Native American. I don't know what right. the fuck America right. is. Right. I'm an Indian. I'm whatever you th first called me. To me... And then he went into the three different layers of like, I'm the, and I wish I had this pulled up. I wasn't prepared to have this conversation. I would love to, because I think, I think li people listening to Russell Means is a very important thing. If you want to have a better understanding, if you don't have any Native American uh, or Indian lineage, and that's foreign to you, I think that he probably does the best uh, explanation of of really making it real. Well, what what's happening now on the reservations is just is is it's disgusting. Well, yeah, I mean Russell it's, died 10 years ago. You're right. Mm -hmm. Um and the last time he spoke publicly was a few months before he died. So he can no longer be that person. But for me, 20 years ago when I first heard him, it was like it blew my fucking mind. And it gave me a better understanding of like, okay, this is what it's like to live on government subsidies right. sure and the and my main point here because i rambled was he was describing the detriment to his culture yes by, the people yes by not standing up on their own two feet and not earning that which they were given right sure and he said that was the biggest detriment he was like fuck the uh the the unequal warfare, fuck all of the mind games and the we'll promise you this and we'll under deliver that and we'll give you the shittiest lands that we can find and then once we find out that they're not that shitty we'll kick you off of them, fuck all of that. He's like we can take that. He's like the thing that did the American Indian in was accepting our dependence on your government. Yep. Mm -hmm. And it's like if that isn't a fucking forewarning to our urban citizens and our, our, our urban peoples. I don't know what the fuck it is. Yeah. Well, yeah and I have, I and personally, that, and, and, I, that's, and that's why I wanted to bring it up to, to make it full circle. But, yeah, sure. So. I have no issue with people receiving funds to assist them in getting on their feet. However, the problem is, is giving that without any, expectation of recompense it's the whole idea that you were given this and then you don't have to really show much for it i've always wondered to myself why are there assistive or assistance funds available but people don't have to volunteer for that you know you don't have to go out there and put in hours of a certain kind of work even bring your family along and understand this is what you're getting the funds for I've never understood the logic behind that. Back to my policies as president of the United States. What you got, President? Uh, you're, you, I, uh, did, I, did I not say this on a podcast before? I don't know if I said this before on a podcast, but getting to what Arona just said, yep. there are two things that could be done that and 
it, this is brilliant. I don't know why nobody in fucking. Well, I do know why they don't give a fuck. Well, but oh, they well, give. If, a if, these are your ideas. If, I'll determine if they're brilliant or not. Okay, <laughs> all right. This is one idea. To if you're a female, if you're a woman, yep. and you have kids and you're on welfare, you have to to in order to get your welfare check, you have to keep other kids for working people uh, for yes. free. I remember you have for said this. free those kids you have to and all the, and you can and you set it up in locations to where there's big there's a big place where all the kids that their mothers work and their fathers work and shit they go to this place and they stay there and when they're staying there all the people that are on welfare all the mothers that are on welfare they're the ones there taking care of the kids if they don't do that they don't get a check same way with the men. If you're a man and you're getting a welfare check and you're able body. Now, able body to me means you can work, you can work, you can fucking walk, you can you can move your arms. Sure. Then you can fuck I can find a job for you. I can find something for you. If you're an able body man, same shit. You work on the roads. You fucking infrastructure. Everybody's mm-hmm. always talking about infrastructure. You need grunts to do road work. Uh, road work is mostly grunt work. Hey, the world needs ditch diggers too. There Doug. you go. Yeah, ditch diggers. So if you may, if if they just made that one little tweak, the welfare rolls would fucking be uh, eradicated. Because you're gonna have so many people that are gonna say, "Fuck that! I ain't gonna do that. I ain't gonna do that. I'm gonna go find a job somewhere." Mm-hmm. And it would take care of so much shit in this country, just those two things alone. Plus, it would increase vocational teaching exactly. in, in the first place because a lot of those individuals, if they show any uh, fortitude in those fields, they are trained extra. The, and and if you make it so that the the women that are on welfare and the men that are on welfare, if you make it so they work three days a week, the other two days a week, they go to school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what they do. Yeah. And in order to get your welfare check every month, you work for three days a week and you go to school for two days out of the week. And if you have kids, it's okay. Your kids are taken care of. Your kids are taken care of just like all the other kids. Yeah. And, it would take care of so much shit in this country, but nobody would do that. They would scream that it was like slavery or I don't know what the fuck they'd call it. I, I mean, I call it working for your check. Yeah, no I shit. Mean, well, to me, it's it, it earning come, your way. It comes down to the same rudimentary centric metric that I've been saying since episode one that I will forever speak on, and that is personal responsibility. Mm-hmm. You know, I I come from a, a side of, you know, I guess the easiest way to say it is libertarianism, even though I'm currently in a, uh, not a love-hate, but just a hate uh, relationship with the Libertarian Party and a lot of libertarians in general. Um, they don't get it, and there's a lot of people that are kind of moving away from it that are talking about post-libertarianism and this. Uh, what What they're talking about is, no one wants what you're offering, even though I think it's the best plan. It's the best way to live. 
it's it's fully determinate on you taking responsibility of your life. Because to me, the biggest problem is the fact that uh, government comes in, like we've already talked about, they will they will pay you off to be a lazy piece of shit. I want to get I want to remove that from people. Now, who that's on that is going to vote away their sustenance and take on a responsibility. They're never going to do that. So what the libertarians and what people like me are offering is what nobody wants to buy. And that is being accountable. No one wants to be accountable. Everybody wants to not, or when I say everybody, obviously I'm speaking in generalities, but no one wants to be responsible anymore. Nobody wants to be held accountable anymore. No one wants to come to the realization that you might be a piece of shit. And that's not a death sentence. You're just a piece of shit right now. You don't have to be forever. There's pathways and ways. Sometimes some people just need to get their fucking ass kicked. And whether life kicks your ass, whether doing a three-year jail sentence kicks your ass, whether the fucking boss, the boss man kicks your ass. Mm Mm-hmm. Not everybody just naturally comes out having everything figured out. In fact, no one does. A lot of the times, what ends up becoming the thing that we all seek out for and that we all put value in is that which was hard to obtain. That's where value comes in. If you set out to like achieve a goal, if you if you start here, but you want to end up beyond that that's a goal you're going to have to get your ass kicked in different metrics and different ways to attain that anything that's handed to you it carries no value right agreed if, yeah if, if, you, so, if you don't work for it it's a, you case in like not case in point but for example if somebody were just to really just love the fuck out of this podcast and said hey guys i got a ten thousand square foot <laughs> studio i just want to give it to you i want you guys just to be here, just record your episodes from here. I would take every inch of that 10,000 square feet for granted. You know why? Because it wasn't earned. Mm-hmm. It was given. Yeah. Fuck that. Don't want it. That would make me uh, a worse person. I don't want, I don't want your shit. I don't want your free handouts. If it, uh, correction. I want your shit. I want you to give me shit. Yes. I want to become better. And that's why I've always kind of said, hey, give us, throw us some one stars if you truly think we are. <laughs> there you that's go. shitty. Well, you know, I, I think we've talked a lot about, you know, community and understanding exactly what the effects of growing up around certain things has on a person. Uh, maybe we could think of it as indoctrination. Well, Ooh. if uh, anyone could be... <laughs> Accused of indoctrination, it might be the San Francisco Choir. Uh, oh, <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> they um, might have gotten a little too fabulous. We're coming after uh, your children. Oh yes, and that's exactly. I uh, see. Okay, I uh, again, I will always talk about how supportive I am of people being the way that they want to be. However, when it comes down to instead of you just being the person you want to be to actual fucking programming, then that's where I draw the line. Now, I do understand it was supposedly supposed to be tongue in cheek. Well, you're talking a little bit too much. Sure. Maybe not everybody knows what the fuck you're talking about. I know. Yeah. Yeah. So the setup is 
the San Francisco Gay Choir. Which isn't, that the, it, isn't that the only choir they have? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry, San Fran. <laughs> well, they they made a few ripples a month ago by by doing a rendition of celebrate, celebrate, dance to the music. Right. They did their own rendition saying vaccinate, vaccinate, vaccinate yes. make an appointment. Which is hilarious because it's like, oh, the same science that you're now claiming is going to save us all is was also headed by the same guy that introduced AIDS into the planet. <laughs> have you heard Vax that thing up? I have. Okay. We'll get into that later. Yes, we will. I'm sure they've got a release at some point. Vax that ass. So this same choir that did the vaccinate thing that was widely adored by leftist and vax lovers all around now put out a new song that uh, is currently scrubbed from the internet but don't fear listeners your internet sleuth is here i got this shit on archive got the full fucking thing not some jump cut that some fox news fuck off or newsmax nerd fucking made i got the source i got sparkless now this is four minutes long i think i might stop it occasionally because (laughs) Otherwise, the gay will overtake me. So, here we go. As we celebrate pride on the progress we've made over these past years, there's still work to be done. So to those of you out there who are still working against equal rights, we have a message for you. First of all, what the fuck are equal rights, you stupid fuck? Rights are rights. And as long as everybody has them, that's They're equal. equal. <laughs> mm-hmm. What you're immediately setting up is special rights, which immediately defeat equality. You fag. <laughs> you think we're sinful. You fight against our rights. You say we all lead lives you can't respect. But you're just frightened. You think that we'll corrupt your kids if our agenda goes unchecked? Uh, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I do. I, in fact, I've said that multiple times, and I'm saying it here again. But anyway, let me let you prove me correct. Well, your sex life should not be an agenda. It's funny, just this once, you're correct. We'll convert your children. Happens bit by bit, quietly and subtly, and you will barely notice it. You can keep him from disco, warn about San Francisco, make him wear pleated pants, we don't care. We'll convert your children. Fuck you. We'll make them tolerant and fair. At first I didn't get why. Okay. That's the most truthful thing. I mean, hey, hey, they're they're, t- he's, they're laying it all out there for you. I like to live life on the truth battlefield, just That's like that. any other alpha male. They're telling you what they're going to do. Hey, what I'm are you going to do about it? That you're finally have been coaxed out into the honesty layer. Are we going to make a song <laughs> to counter this song? Can we? That's an idea, is oh it not? Oh my god! I think we're going to have to record a song. We're going to play this song through. But uh, in a couple of weeks, yeah, 
Yeah, we're gonna make a we're gonna make our own little song, you our know? own little rebut. You yes. know what, Doug? I don't know if you can tell by looking at the glimmer in my <laughs> eye, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's fucking yeah, shining. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking it's fucking shining. Yeah, you just get a nut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I just nutted myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we're gonna make our own little song. All right, we are. our little retort. Y- yes, we're gonna make <laughs> our own song to this. All right, well, sadly, we have to go through this. Uh, can't stop it for everything i want to say but let's just get through let's personal challenge can we get through 30 seconds without me losing my shit (laughs) (laughs) so scared of us turning your children into accepting caring people but i see now why you have a problem just like you worried they'll change their group of friends you won't approve of where they go at night to protest when they start finding things online that you've kept far from their sight like information guess what you'll still be all right we'll convert your children yes we will reaching one and all all right that sounds pretty i don't know if i made it 30 seconds I, i'm sorry it's, it's okay that sounds pretty you know to excuse the phrase the balls hmm. on their chins is fucking like dude the i have the audacity co- i oh, have, yeah. i'm wondering something i'm wondering if our retort will be taken as hate speech i uh, yes possibly <laughs> if we do it correctly if it we do a, if we do a retort <laughs> and we come back to this yeah, and yeah. and uh but what they're saying is considered uh, they're not coming after your children, uh, even though they're coming after your children. They're, they they tried to make this out that it was a joke. It was all a joke. It was yeah. all meant to be a joke. Sure. Right. And I've got a Babylon B segment I want to play after okay. this. Okay. That, well, that does it better. We'll but, play this. Well, let's, right, yeah, let's, let's, let's get through this. Okay. Let, let's bite the ball. Yes. let's put on our gimp gear and get through this yes there's really no escaping it cause even grandma likes rupaul and the world's getting kinder gen z's gayer than grinder learn to love learn to vogue face your fate we'll convert your children no you won't Someone's got to teach them not to hate. We're coming for them. We're coming for your children. We're coming for them. I do got to say, all right, real quick. Satire or seriousness doesn't matter. The fact that this is the route that they go, uh... This is the gayest shit ever. Yeah. I don't know anybody that hates gay people. That's well, the no, I, is it? No, no, no. Let me get to let me get to one of their premises. Sure. In this shit, uh, they teach your children not to hate. Okay, I don't think the children are hating on gay people. I, I, I just, I, I didn't do it when I was a kid. I mean, yeah, kids said the word fag and stuff like that, but they weren't, they weren't out there. Hating gay people. No, fact is no. funny. It was yeah. It it, it was not. It, it, they are making it a thing. It's like it's almost like uh, 
I'll I'll get to uh I'll get it. never mind. No, there is, I mean, something I do want to say to that, you brought up a, a main point, which is they're acting like this is tongue in cheek and that the main message is to love one another. Yet you realize they mention that less than actually getting to your children. Right. Right. And I mean, that's where I jump from being tongue in cheek to, okay, fuck you. And if they don't convert your children, then. Yeah. then your children hate them it's hate speech it's hate it's sure i get both of you and i don't, I don't and and i appreciate both, <laughs> both. <laughs> what what i'm saying is let's not not recognize the fucking absolute hilarity here oh no oh, yeah no no, <laughs> yeah. no 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 this is rhetorical you got a bunch of gay people trying to throw some jabs what is the method that they choose? A fucking musical. The gayest shit ever. Yeah. Fucking hilarious. Yeah. It's in a donkey that, punch to the eardrums. In that instance, kudos. However, your message I will destroy. <laughs> your your the vehicle in which you chose to deliver it, I think is fucking hilarious. Yeah. Good job, fags. You you made me <laughs> chuckle in the Production department and, 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 uh, and the and the living within your own stereotype that we can only communicate if we're doing it in an ensemble. I'm here to sing to you my words, Glee, because I don't know how to communicate or relate to a normal human. I must put it to song because I'm gay. It's just hilarious to me that they're. The most abrasive thing that has come from the gay community, other than a <laughs> Prince Albert in your poop shoot, is the music. in the form of a musical. <laughs> there is comedy here. I don't want to oh, lose no, sight of no, that. No, no, we will destroy them as much as they are deserving of being destroyed, but I didn't want that little slimmer of comedy to be missed here. This is funny, but also despicable. God, it's just like an orgy now. Smells so bad. Just like San Francisco, San Francisco does now. It's so sweaty. It's so sweaty. Why are these men yelling at me? Oh no! I'm so uncomfortable. Okay, all right. That's but one thing that. you haven't. They, ad- they're they're doing octave changes. They got well, well, sixty-four, and they dudes. have an agenda. I, I don't listen to anybody with an agenda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the gay agenda. I don't. I don't. You know, you oh, got an yeah. agenda. You're coming at me with an, an agenda. I don't want to talk to you. Uh, well, uh, you're coming at me with a list of demands. There's there's a uh, a comment on YouTube that I thought was perfect, and it just said, "2008. All we want is to be able to get married. 2020, 2021. 
we're coming for your children. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. And like I've said, um, they're hitting at the heart of some things that uh, I've said, which I think are true. And it's funny because I've seen memes coming out now that. So, like, there's a Simpson meme where it says, don't make me tap this sign. And it shows the sign. And all it says is, it's not rocket science, guys. They're just evil and want to diddle kids. And whether or not that's true, when you hear shit like this, it's only going to gain traction. There, There's an art to comedy and there's an art to satire to where people are in on the joke. Mm-hmm. But if the conversation was already going in the direction of Nickelodeon and all of these other kids programs and schools and all these other things that involve, you got the dude in, uh, I think, L.A. at the Wii Spa walking around with his dick out, claiming mm-hmm. to be a female. When you have all these other things that are are living up to the fears of the traditional right being proven right, and then you come out with this shit, first of all, read the country, a.k.a. read the room. You're years too late. This would have been hilarious in 1993. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it would have been a lot funnier if you were giving the rest of the country carte blanche to joke their way as well. But no, you're canceling shit out. You don't want to hear the other side. You well, want us all silenced. Well, and not to mention that, but because I live in different departments on the internet, I get to see things as they're occurring in real time and when this video was going viral and people were losing their shit over the obvious reasons like can you believe these gays are talking about the thing that we've been saying that we've been concerned about the whole time is that they're coming after our kids they clearly want to change uh culture and society and whatever blah, blah, blah. well leave it up to the 8chan nerds <laughs> to say fuck that Say no more, fam. We're on it. And they immediately went in and said, well, we've got we've got a location. We've got a group. And now we have video. We got visual. We can dox these assholes. We can do a little reconnaissance. So leave it up to the internet nerds to go through and pick apart this thing. And what did they come up with? Well, wouldn't you know it? There's like a handful of pedos, like actual pedophiles, criminally charged that are part of this choir. So while you're trying to make the joke, it's kind of like Ray Lewis coming up or OJ coming up, trying to tell a joke about stabbing his wife to death. Right. It's like, well, but the the truth factor kind of hurts the punchline. (laughs) So our internet nerds, over on the 8chan, formerly 4chan, came up with a multitude of criminal records of a handful of fucking sodomites that are in this fucking choir. I'm not going to read their names because these are just images that I'm reading off the internet. I don't know if they're real. But I will read the charges because fuck it. That's what I'm here for. So let's just say there's one guy that was born in 1958 that, (laughs) oh my God, (laughs) 
Let me just read his uh, criminal record as far as how it relates to uh, coming after children. Or on them. Oh. Year of last conviction, 1998. Description. Lewd or lascivious acts with a child under 14 years of age. Year of release, 2001. So there's at least one motherfucker that did three years in federal fuck-you-in-the-ass penitentiary for fucking around with a, not only a minor, with a child. How old is he? This guy was born in 1958. Holy shit. So he's in his 60s. Well... In 2001, I, now you're... So, 98. No, I was just trying to say, in 98, he, he served he in 98. Yeah. He was 40. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. In 98, maybe he was 15. He was a 40-year-old. You know? uh, okay, so right. at best, he was 40. Right. Fucking a 13-year-old. 13-year-old, right. That's best case scenario. Yeah. So, that's just one guy. That's well, bass player from uh, Rolling Stones. Let's... let's Bill Wyman. Yeah. Let's scroll. Oh, let's scroll. Oh, hey, there. here's another... This motherfucker. Now he was only born in '88. He's five foot his, four. His uh, his mugshot almost looks like Blue Steel. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Uh, Zoolander. Uh, unless, okay, unless move, move on. A, Fucking move on. Yeah, <laughs> unless he's a hand model. I d- I don't even know if it's. Uh... <laughs> anyway, year of last. Okay, year of conviction. Twenty eighteen. We can all remember that year, can't we, kids? Mm. Yeah, uh-huh. barely. He just was released last year. His offense also lewd or lascivious acts with a child under 14 years of age. Wouldn't you know it? That's two kid diddlers. Let's go to the next. Oh, this oh, guy. He looks like he's the poster child, not to you know say child. Old Davy. <laughs> old David Eugene Wallace, you stupid fuck. Born in 1961. Also, lewd acts with a child under 14 years of age. Now, this guy has a little bit of... Maybe he's a changed man. Dude, he looks like the kind of person that owns a panel van. I guarantee you he owns a fleet of them. But maybe he's a changed man because he he hasn't recommitted this offense since... 2018. 1985. Oh, okay. So, who knows? Oh, here's a guy. And I got all of his known aliases. Lawrence Earl Friedberg. Born in 1950. A real spring chicken. He also has a... uh, The identical lewd acts with a child under 14 uh, years of age. uh, Convicted in 2001. It wasn't just the towers that went down. No, look, look. <laughs> what you're, everything you're talking about. Yes, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm done going through their criminal history. No, there's, no, there's pedos in the but, fucking choir. But where all this comes from, all of this comes from the top. It comes from they're they're in I'm the sure government. A few of them are bottoms. They're in the government. They're in the media. They're they're billionaires. They're multimillionaires. These are some freaky fucking people that have a shitload of money in our country. Yeah. They are and they have some freaky fucking friends that do some freaky shit. And let me put it this way. When you have a minority and I don't know what the gay population is. I don't. I mean, I know it's a lot less than the black population, probably. 
there's probably less gay people than there are black people in the United States. Would you sure. think? For sure. Okay. Okay. So let, let's let's start there. Let's start there as a minority. Yeah. Right. So black when people you, make up approximately thirteen and a half percent of the American population. Now, how many people are gay in the American population? About five percent, four percent, maybe. At most. Okay. All right. We'll go with five percent. Probably, probably closer to three percent. They're the true three percent. Okay. Well, well, we're gonna go. We're gonna we're gonna give them some. We're gonna give them some leverage, and we'll go five. We'll yeah. say five percent of America's as gay as hell. We'll get flexible, right. and for this the, covers. We'll get this, flexible for the gays. This covers trannies, yeah, all of them. This covers all of them. Okay. So five percent. You got five percent of a population that is controlling the narrative of the entire. And what I mean by that is when you look at the when you look at the people that you're getting your news from, uh, a lot of them are gay, a lot of them are liberal, a lot of them are pushing the agenda. Yeah, and when you have that kind of backing, and you have people in the government that there's no telling what those fucks are guilty of. You know, I mean, dude, we got an idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there, there's, but there's no telling. You know, I mean, you look at the senators and the congressmen. I mean, there is, there they probably have done shit that we have never even imagined could be done. Yeah. Uh, you know, as far as sexual shit, you know, mm -hmm. uh, guaranteed. I'm, I'm sure there's some stories in there that I that you would hear that you would be like, holy shit, I didn't even know you could do that. Yeah. Can you do that? You know. It's just the, it's the kind of people who did not turn in Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, just and, saying. Well, yes. And when it comes to and when it and when you have a, such a small population like that, but they are concentrated in basically the economy. I mean, you're talking about the economy, the biggest economy in the in the world. If you look at it, if you've got multi multi billionaires and people that own these news organizations and people that are in power and they are just as freaky as this shit that we're hearing. That's what makes it allowable. That's what makes it where we're even hearing this shit. And it's also what makes it where they can say, Oh, it, we were just joking and it's supposed to be okay. Well, now I will say this out of that percentage, out of that population, this is not a monolith. Even amongst the gays, right. mm -hmm. of which we are not, they are not in solidarity with this. No, I know. I'm no. gonna I'm gonna read a few tweets in response to this video, right. this song right. from gay the gay community. Fellow gays. Yes. Go sure. ahead. Here's one. Sick. So sick. <laughs> now she might not, she might not have been gay, but here's one that is. This individual says, I hate when these creeps entitle things, quote, a message from the gay community. No, most of us are sane and want nothing to do with this woke tard madness. For fuck's sake, stay away from people's kids. It's not clever or funny. It pisses everyone off. Uh-huh. And that's my point. Here's yeah. another one. Yeah. Sorry. This will damage the gay community hugely. Oh, the gays are now getting on Trump's language. Hugely is the new bigly. <laughs> can't they see this what idiots they are so much hard work undone with just one song what kills me is here's another one sorry what kills me is that gays have been fighting against conversion forever stating it isn't a choice 
but suddenly they think they convert straight people to be gay. Like, that's a choice. You can't have it both ways, people. Get over yourselves. Uh-huh. That, that's absolutely. Uh, yeah, that's totally my agree. point. That's Spot my on. point. Exactly. Is what I was saying. If you have, look, if the gay community as a whole, I know a lot of gay people, got gay family members, I know a lot of them. Right there with sure. you. Every gay person I know, every one of them would say exactly what you just said now, on those comments. Remember, every you, one of them would be rem- like, what the fuck are they doing? If you remember in the song, they brought up protest. Right. Mm-hmm. These are activists. These are fact Right. Right. <laughs> Yeah, no. activists with a gay cause. Like, Accurate. what are you trying to convey? And what? Sure. And and that's what I meant by the, the these are size gay supremacists. Of, the size of the community, dude. Gay rights. When you look at gay rights, and that's exact. That was exactly right. What that person said. Uh, so much undone with one song. Yeah, yeah. Sure. That that was that said it all right there. And that said prove, it all. And you prove me. Yeah. A widely understood by my opposition as a bigot right right right. i've spent episodes saying you know the religious right in this country sounded pretty crazy 25 years ago when they said if you start giving in to all these gays they're gonna end up coming after our kids and now you got drag queen story time you got nickelodeon with their fucking drag queens singing about pride acceptance you got every corporation that doesn't give a flying fuck and about that's, the individual. that's the money man that's the money you, you've got all of this and all this is i don't give a fuck if it is satire it's a pretty gay way to do satire yeah and you're you're proving the rights slippery slope and yeah and but he, okay if i am finding any hope in all this the original video that was posted had something upwards of like 7,000 dislikes while it only had like 600 likes. So if there's any hope in all this, it is that most people see this for what it is. And that, I mean, just horrid timing and complete just it's despicable. Well, uh, yeah. I, I think you speak to a larger thing that is actually going on in in reality. And I know that the internet is not a direct derivative of real life, but sure. it is an it is an indicator. It's a reflection of society. Yeah. It's um you you bring up the likes to dislike the the ratio, as the internet children say. If you looked at the ratio of a lot of things that are supposedly commonplace and widely accepted cultural norms, the the reality of it does not stack up. The reason why YouTube is now changing its algorithm by taking away you being able to see the numbers of likes and dislikes is for this exact reason. Right. Because... The popular opinion is not the formidable one that is being presented to the public. Right. Twitter's the same way. So if, if you if you believe in democracy, which I would love to have an episode talking about how shitty democracy actually is, but if you believe in democracy, what we're living in now is completely antithetical to that ideal mm-hmm. that the majority rules right because here's the thing you we just said it a minute ago all right what's the percentage of the population that's gay or trans or whatever right right. 
The entire idea of a democracy means that minorities will never have a say-so. That was the root cause to all of the outburst and protest and we got to rally around the minorities because they don't have a voice in this world right. because democracy, which they claim is systemic white racism because they're fucking, well, I, I would say they're retards, but no, they're geniuses because the only way to win over in a supposed democracy is you got to win over the mind of the majority. And if you get enough people to believe that you truly are downtrodden and you don't have rights, you get a lot of really stupid wine moms on your side and they will dictate where the momentum of the energy goes. Hence Washington, D.C. Hence Washington, D.C. Now, granted, if you, if you take it back to before the 19th Amendment, the reason why so many scholars, political and electoral scholars, were at that time and even beyond that time, beyond the 1920s, against the idea of women voting, was they said, why should they have the right to vote? If they had the right to vote, they would just vote the same way their husband votes. It would just be two votes for one vote. That would be overweighing the democratic system. So if yeah. you give them the right to vote, you will only be getting double representation of the exact same quantity of votes. Therefore, the percentages will not change. And that is why women should never have the right to vote. And at the time... That was a correct assessment. Now it's just clever and fun to say women right. shouldn't have the right to vote because they're emotional. <laughs> right. Yeah. But because there's so many women without a men right, in right. their lives, I want to double back on what they originally were saying. Right. Because now they don't have a barometer on what they're going to vote because there's no man to really tell to them. To guide them. Yeah. Hey, if you don't vote like this, your That's, life is going to be worse. Except their dad. Well, and I know that sounds misogynistic, but it doesn't mean it's not realistic. No, that happens. Well, that's absolutely yeah. true. All the most of the single uh, women that I know, mm -hmm. they vote exactly like their father. Yeah, every one of them. Yeah, or or whatever, whatever. Um, what's the word? There's a lot of women that have men tendencies. Yeah, sure. Masculine. Yes, thank you. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of females with masculine tendencies. Look at uh, Cardi B. Look at uh, Beyonce. Those those individuals, those two individuals, probably can sway millions of votes just by having an idea or shaking their hips a certain way, wearing a certain outfit during a Super Bowl halftime, and half the country is now swayed. Oh my God, Queen B. That's why women shouldn't vote. But that's also why gay men shouldn't vote. That's why <laughs> oh, emotional <Jesus>. people <laughs> should not have a say-so in this. Because if we still are, like I said, I'm going to stick in the pocket. I know what I just said was inflammatory, and I don't give a flying fuck. But we're going to stick in the pocket that we actually want to preserve a democracy. Gay and trans people should have no say-so. Because they're a minority. Oh, the root idea <laughs> stick with me here i'm hearing you the root idea of democracy is mob rule exactly mm -hmm. so the only way that gay and trans communities should have any sway over our society is after they become the majority now 
Because they can't reproduce naturally, what's one way that they can grow their numbers to hopefully sway enough of the majority? I don't know. Maybe indoctrination? Well, that's one way, kids. Sure. Now. Coming for your children. If you truly believe and want to uphold the ideas of democracy, you would be anti-gay and trans. Because why should the minority vote have the majority sway? Now, this is an interesting concept to fucking ponder. Well, and and it just shows you that we don't live in a democracy. No. Well, and I, I want to give you all some... Numbers and here. I hope that you understood what yeah. I was trying sure, to do. No, no, absolutely. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah. Like, no, completely understand. But I do want to, you know, go back, give some numbers to what y'all were discussing previously as far as what, what, what percentage are we talking about? And um, as of March 3rd of this year, Gallup released an article that finds now this is not just the gay population, it's the whole of the LGBT yeah, that's, community. Why, why that's do you have what to I'm, say? Why sure. do you have to say whole? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I stepped in that. Oh, well, step it's in big it. enough. Yeah. It's, it's big enough to step in. I just gaped that, and I'm just speaking <laughs> of the picture I just posted of this kid covered in quote unquote mud. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, I, that's what filthy. happens on the trail stays on the trail. Oh Jesus, hey, it's dirty. <laughs> Definitely not a snail trail. Dirty, you know that. dirty, dirty, dirty man. But uh, <laughs> it is five point six percent. Of the U.S. population. Now, here's something even more interesting. Since two th- in 2012, the percentage of that population was 3.5 percent. Yeah, Holy so shit! They've, they're working on doubling. Yeah, mm-hmm. they've almost doubled since 2012. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Think about 2040. Yeah, it will triple. It'll be uh, yeah. If we stay on this Once trajectory we get the- now. Like I said, like I was saying, if you believe in the 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 bullshit of democracy, all right, uh, democracy is mob rule. So, in essence, if you are a supporter of democracy, um, you know, if, if four guys vote to rape a woman, and the only vote against it is one, well, that's democracy. <laughs> that's a democratic act. You that is a us. horrible. That is a horrible example of a democratic exactly. act. Except exactly. it's kind of valid. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm not saying I'm, I'm not saying you, it's not valid, you but use it exaggerated is terms to prove a point. And my point is, is that if you let this continue this way, where if let's be honest, let's be honest. Do you think that gay people don't want to become the majority? Like, do you think that they want to be? Do you think any minority wants to be a minority? No. In reality, I will. I will say this. I know that uh, a lot of gay people now that are older mm-hmm. that have lived through it, have gone through all the shit that they had to go through, Yeah, uh, wouldn't give a fuck. I, I really don't think they would give a shit. No. I, uh, but I, mm-hmm. now, let, me, let me finish. That's what I'm talking about. That's, <laughs> yeah. what I'm, that's what I'm trying to get to. The older gay people that I know, they have they have traveled a road I know the gay members of my family. I saw the way they were treated yeah. as a child and knew it was fucked up. I mean, even as a young child, I, I was like, that's fucked up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just even the way the adults treat them. Now, 
that's out the window. The people that are coming up now, they don't have to live through what all these people had to go through. So now it's like you're saying you're looking at 2040. Yeah, yeah, I could see it. I could see it because now we live in the age of the helicopter parent, you know, the fucking, oh, don't touch that. That'll burn you. Don't do this. This will. The helicopter parents were the ones that were the responsibility of making the millennial. The millennial is the worst of, uh, I'm not, I'm going to say all of them. I'm going to love y'all in there, millennials. There's some cool ones in there. The helicopter but, parents took off when box wine was available. Right. And, but that, but the helicopter parents are what is what allowed, um, their kid to feel like that they were special. You're yeah. special. You're special. Everything you do is special. And when that kid grew up to become the millennial that they are today, they all think they're special. And they all think that that what they have to offer society, nobody else has to offer. And when you when you grow up in that situation, where you think you're special and you've got something to offer that nobody else has to offer, I mean, yes, there's people like that. But when you come to the reality of growing up and being an adult and realizing that you're not special, yeah, uh, then what does that turn you well, into? They're, they're, that turns you into a bitter internet fucking troll. Yeah. that is out there to start shit, just to start shit and on the internet. See, they're, they're, level, they're, they're, to level they're, the playing field. They're yes. leaving out a step, and this is the, the thing that is the problem with all that, that, no, you are not all special, but you all have the capacity to achieve. Right. So that's what they're leaving out. They don't want the work to be... The part that they focus on. Yeah, they want to hand yeah, it to them. Exactly. That and another thing. To, that goes back to responsibility. Yes. And what you brought up before also in the older gay community. Yeah, right. Is um, I live next door in Arizona um, to, uh, I think he was sixty a uh, six-year-old gay man. Okay. And he was a hairdresser. So and is he 69 now? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Might be. Might be. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, so his boss walked up to him one day when he saw a couple of guys walk in and he goes, huh, I wonder if those guys are gay. And his response to him was, do you suck cock? And his boss was like, whoa, whoa, whoa take it easy. Why, why would you say that? He said, that's basically what you asked me. And his whole thing right there was, I'm sure gay people do more than just <laughs> sucking cock. Sure. But his whole point was, what happens in their bedroom should stay in their bedroom. Right, right. And it's this emergence, you know, beyond just rights, beyond just being who you want to be. That's the problem. It's like, I, I love the way he put that because the focus should be on, are we good people? Right, right. When it's put on something else, when there's an agenda involved, then... You're looking out for yourself and no one else. Right. Sure. That's the that's the pinnacle of like awesomeness and the the exceptionalism of everybody not giving a fuck, which is what we should strive for. However, we also understand reality and that people are gonna also always find things that are abnormal to be weird. And if you're also abnormal, you're going to find certain abnorm, abnorm, abnormalities, abnormalities, abnormalities yeah, yes. to be evil. 
And like I've always said, yeah, I'm right, you're wrong, and if you're wrong and I'm right and I'm good, you must be evil and I should defeat evil. That's the whole mental, the human condition is not meant to understand that is that in which is different from them. They will place characteristics to the things that are unlike them, and those things will always end up being an evil. So what you just expressed was a equilibrium. No one's looking for equilibrium. They are looking for superiority. Mm-hmm. They are looking for overt wins over the perceived enemies, even if the enemies are the majority. Right. Now, what's the best way to win over the majority? Make them an enemy and then try to defeat them. You stupid fucks. Obviously, that's sarcastic. That's the worst way to go about it. The way that they do this by having this choir, you the, the tweets that are read off saying, you stupid fucks, you just made it that much. You just set us back. It's like throwing rocks yeah. at a guy with a machine gun. But because of things like that, you have other less intelligent people reacting in such a vitriolic manner that you have... You have uh, reactions like I'm about to read from a friend of mine. This is a friend of mine. I don't think she listens to the show. If she has, she must hate me greatly. <laughs> She's a lefty, former teacher. I have a feeling I know who this is. <laughs> I rail against teachers. I think, uh, in fact, speaking of our buddy David, I don't give a fuck. I'll say this now. He's a lefty online, but he's a real cool dude. IRL. You're right. He posted something about um, railing against Republicans that are against this new racial equality thing that they're trying to teach in schools. Because he made it sound like they're teaching racial realism, the real history of the race, the racist history of America. And... He said something to the effect of like, oh, the Republicans are so upset that they tore down statues uh, regarding a racist civil war. But now all of a sudden they're going to come out and against the, the, the true history of America that involves race. And I commented on it and I just said, I trust a statue before I trust a teacher. Send. That's it. One line. And he didn't understand what I was saying. In fact, his response was, well, that sounds pretty dumb, but okay. And I was like, David, you're my buddy. Do you think I'm just trolling you on Facebook, <laughs> a platform that my parents are on, my right, family's right. on, my, my, my former church friends are on? Do you, a lot of my friends are teachers, too. So do you think that me saying... This, which I know can be seen by all my friends and co-workers, mind you, by me saying, I trust a statue, I would trust a statue before I trust a teacher. Do you understand the point that I'm trying to make? That is that what are teachers? They are indoctrinators of the state. Now they are. And and they always have been. They've never Mm. not been. As long as the Department of Education has existed, which was 1980, since my lifetime, they are only indoctrinators of the state. If you want to look into the history of schooling and whatever, look up the Prussian education platform and find out why the American school system is what it is. It's to generate uh, 
Well, do-gooders. People that don't want to topple this system and just fall in line. Compliant workers. Exactly. That's, how, that's, that's what they want. Good soldiers. Yes. And if they're doing their job well, happy soldiers. Yes. But either way, they need you to comply to the state's demands. Now, the fact that we're going in this woke direction and they want to teach CRT and they want to, you know, do all these things that the right wingers think is dis- despicable, deplorable. It doesn't change the fact that change the fact that they are still indoctrinators of the state. It's just that the state now wants this to be the method in which uh, they teach people. But see, teaching is a misnomer. This is programming at its finest because what teaching is is giving information for the use of knowledgeable discourse, being able to actually apply knowledge which also includes people that have oppositional type of thinking that has been abolished at this point so no we are not being taught anymore we are being programmed well that's one way to take it very directly and seriously and i don't disagree so going back to a friend of the show who is a former teacher. This was uh, this was just from a day ago. So on Facebook, apparently, there's a multitude of different ways that you can get your message out. You can have an emoji or uh, uh, an avatar screenshot with fire behind it where you can type in the message in which you want it to be received. Well, here's one from a woman of color. With a fucking do-rag on, by the way. A multicolored do-rag. And her post with a fiery background behind her. All it is, is in all caps, it just says, Stop promoting homosexuality to our children. Hey, you know what? Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Just stop. Yeah, just, just stop promoting homosexuality to our children. For fuck's sakes. Now, our friend, the friend of the show, screen grabbed it. And said, this person wins the internet. Hashtag worry about yourself. And at first I was like, oh, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) But then I saw the full screenshot and I realized, oh, "Oh, what they screenshotted was the response to this. And that's where I had to really, really hold back my fuck you to my friend. Because the comment in response to it is... Only if you stop promoting heterosexuality to our children. Okay. So the person who won the internet was the person retorting to a woman of color that was just saying, please, for the love of God, stop promoting homosexuality to our children. It's lovely, isn't it? this, This white person... Who said only if you stop promoting heterosexuality to our children, that's the one that won the internet. And I read all the comments, and they even were like, it's funny coming from somebody wearing a rainbow headscarf. And it's like, that is a natural fucking do-rag type of material that women and people of color wear, you ignorant twats. The entire... Division of people that you supported all last year while they were claiming for 
you know, equal recognition you're now shitting on because the sexuality that you think needs more uh, publicity is now under attack. You weak-minded soul. Go yeah. fuck yourself. And like Agreed. I said, like I said, if we continue on this trajectory where the number of gay people double every 10 years and we get to 2040, here's the here's the realism about all this. Is if gay people become the majority, well that's that's the decline of civilization just from a soul number perspective. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Well, you know, which I'm it, not saying is necessarily a bad thing. Uh, you know, I would rather I would rather the decline in human numbers come from just less of them being made than more of them being bombed. Yeah, the concerted effort not to create more population. It, sure, <laughs> well, that Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, I mean, they- sure, but but here's the thing: if, if I listen to a gay person that said. Look, we got a human population problem, and the best way to combat it where less people die is to let us just have your kids for a couple generations, have them boof the same sex, have them not produce, you know, anymore, and then we'll just re-kick this, we'll re-kick, start this thing when you're fucking dead. But we just got to give the planet a little bit of a break. We've been pounding it so hard for millennia it's population control i said it last week Mm -hmm. it's all of this if they even introduce their ideas that way i'd still be skeptical i'd say i don't know we've got all these bombs we're just gonna let them go to waste (laughs) i'm (laughs) kidding obviously (laughs) but i would i would still be like i don't know i think i think you're up to nefarious means well you want it would at least be a conversation different than (laughs) go fuck yourself (laughs) we're gonna take over your children no matter how innocent they are well, consider for a moment, you know, what you're also creating when you do, when, when these dumb fuck positions that you spout all the time are put out over the internet, what you are inspiring is other dumb fucks to do their dumb fuck crimes, which are usually hate crimes. And they're going, I mean, lashing out is natural when you are trying to upset the system in such a way that does not breed coexistence. Well, you know my take on hate crimes. They're just normal crimes with extra sentences. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just normal crimes with, with extra words. However, I mentioned this before, Doug, and I don't want to not get to it. Let's check in with our friends at the Babylon Bee as they discuss this exact choir. Right-wing satire has been trafficking in misinformation under the guise of comedy for the last few years. But the most heinous, irresponsible, downright evil example was recently released by a conservative comedy group called the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus. Conservative comedy. We'll convert your children. Happens bit by bit, quietly and subtly, and you will barely notice it. To depict the gay community as propagandists, I'm appalled, frankly. Gay people just want the same rights as you. But of course, this alt-right comedy group wants you to think that they're coming after your children. Blech! <laughs> All right, R- real quick. Yeah. <laughs> so they are saying that this choir is an alt-right comedy group. Yes. <laughs> All right. The, the rest will make sense now. Yes. 
Here's another clip if you think you can stomach it. <laughs> you can keep him from disco. Warn about San Francisco. Make him wear pleated pants. We don't care. Gays love disco and hate pleated pants. Stereotype that you red state monsters. Look, if this is the kind of satire that these people are going to put out, then Facebook, Twitter, Google, all the big tech companies, they need to start shutting them down. If my grandma saw this, it would only reinforce every incorrect, bigoted opinion that she has of the homosexual community. You might as well watch QAnon if this is the kind of humor you're into. These comedians are clearly just creating a climate of fear. Don't fall for it. Of course, of course, conservatives can't help themselves depicting homosexuals as, uh, you know, as people who uh, go after children. Sick. If you're still friends with the conservative after this video, you're not on the right side of history. This is proof that all right-wingers are evil. Vile evil. They need to be rounded up and... What's that? This is not satire? This is real? The San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus is an actual chorus made up of gay men and they made this video unironically? Hmm. Let's see that last clip. You know, I, I think it's beautiful. I think this is the message that we need right now. Absolutely. <laughs> I fucking love the Babylon Bee. They're funny as hell. Because I'm not that was lie. classic. When I first saw the video without any context, and I just saw it, I was like, "This, this is too overt. This can't be <laughs> what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. This has to be a joke." But anyway, that's enough of gay talk. <laughs> I think we made our point. Yeah. We gave them enough of a fucking platform. We gave them their obligatory reach around on the topic. Oh, boy. Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where to go from here. Yes. I, uh, I, <laughs> I have, so many things I have like, no words. Like, I wanted to talk about people in Canada not celebrating Canada Day because all of a sudden now they think that the discovery of... you know unmarked children graves is something new it's not they've known about it forever if you actually look at any of the interviews with the the residents of people like this is a well-known thing this isn't a new like oh my god we still love you canada oh yeah we 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 love you just your government's fucked i mean well (laughs) I mean, so is ours. So I'm not. I'm not really trying to. Before you backpedal, yeah. <laughs> just take out your and just say government sucks. Yeah, and then I will agree with yeah. you. Oh, a hundred percent. But it's just, I mean, it, it's only evidenced in also in Canada the burning of churches and getting the full support of your politicians. Yeah. So they. All right. A quick Cliff's Notes version is. Just before Canada Day, which is on July 1st, a new story came out where all of a sudden they're claiming that they discovered mass graves of children outside of residential schools, a.k.a. indoctrination camps, while they were trying to beat the culture of the 
well, I don't even know if this is a correct word, Inuits, um, out of them. No different than what we did here, except what we did here was put arrows through their hearts. And then the survivors we put into schools. In Canada, they were like, ooh, sorry about that. How about you just come to class? And then they beat them and whipped them if they didn't oblige the new culture that was the new regime. That sounds like a natural response. Yeah. It's no, almost like, wait a the minute. French, you know. Wait a minute. They did the same thing in Canada? America isn't the only racist, uh, indoctrinating country that did terrible things to the original inhabitants of their land? Wait, well, this has so many... Now I have so many new questions to the 1619 Project, which is why it was all bullshit to begin with. Learn your French history. That's just, all people need to learn. Just learn just history. Just learn history. And, yeah. Yes. Just If you learn French history, especially... Yeah. You will discover that uh, the United States and Canada are full of them. Doug, I, I'm, feeling, the I'm feeling targeted right now. Full of the French. He's Frenchy Jew, you. Are you part of the Nazi party? Oh, go fuck yourself. Are I'm you now or have you ever been a Nazi? Are you now or have you ever been a member of the no. Nazi party? Are you sure? Oh, this new... I'm, this This new... <laughs> McCarthyism is fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I, I say we need more. Yeah. Well, if you weren't astute to what's going on in Canada, and why would you be unless you live in Canada? What up to our homeboys up in uh, Ontario? Yeah. Here's a little bit of news north of the border. Stop selling Ebola. And like this, the city of Calgary wants to bring it back in a safe way. As much as we are grappling with. <laughs> difficult pieces of history there is a lot to celebrate the hashtag cancel canada day is making its rounds on social media sites it began when the capital of british columbia decided to put a pause on the party after consulting with first nations groups in the victoria area we really began to understand that they were in a place of mourning and reflection and that having them participate in a very celebratory event just just didn't feel right the discovery of what's believed to be remains at the site of the former Kamloops Residential School has fueled calls to rethink the annual event. But July 1st has always been controversial for its colonial roots. Well, it's a real insult to Indigenous people because it's a celebration of our genocide. Kind of like Independence Day in America. Well, you know, if you think about thing. it, if you think about it, if you live on a reservation, how do you feel about Fourth of July. Uh, you you don't feel very good about it at all. Let me. Uh, I can guarantee you that. Yeah. Yeah, but it's also a thing, and for an entire country to stop it because because a few Indians, you know. Yeah, I know. I, I, I get it. I know. It's a it's a celebration of uh, basically. Uh, a conquering it, of, of a, of, of quote a unquote wild land <laughs> of a people yeah <laughs> it's yeah. a conquering of a people we're yeah. celebrating the fact that we wiped your ass out mm -hmm. cleansing of supposed savages right yes and and you know same things going on in canada same thing you know same thing happens everywhere yeah mm -hmm. there's a uh there's a there's a day i'm sure in africa for something that africans are like holy shit they celebrate that you know, I'm sure. I'm sure yeah. it happens. Well, yeah, we all have fucked pasts. Yes. 
Well, That's why it's called world history. Well, yeah. I'm not going to put it in my words. I'm going to go straight to a guy that was actually in these schools in Canada. Then we shall discuss. Roland Crow began attending the Maryvale Residential School as a day scholar when he was just seven years old. If we asked a question, we would be just severely uh, disciplined. And when I say severely disciplined, we would be beaten. When the Kawasas First Nation announced it had discovered 751 unmarked graves near the site of the Maryvale School, Crow says he wasn't surprised. It's why he says he will not be celebrating on July 1st. Personally, I, I won't be dancing in the streets celebrating Canada Day. I, I feel better about spending time in one of our own communities uh, looking looking back at the past as little as we can. Near the Cowess's First Nation, the city of Melville, Saskatchewan, has decided to cancel its usual Canada Day parade and fireworks display this year as well. Many members of the Cowess's First Nation work or go to school in this city. The mayor says it felt like the right thing to do. We could not celebrate when our neighbor, uh, when the people we know that uh, of our community, of our extended community, are, are hurting, are suffering, are grieving. Instead, the mayor... All right. So that is what that is what is reported out of Canada. It's surprising to me though that uh they're acting like this is a new revelation. It's not. This is something that has been widely known forever. Right. This is not new, but the fact by the way that new story that I just played for you came out July 2nd. Or maybe June 30th. It, it surprisingly came out right when it was advantageous for it to be news. And they're not showing any interviews from anybody that says, yeah, we've always known about it. What about it? This is, I see this as something that is trying to stoke the fire, pun intended, to get some reaction so that they can then have more news to cover. And wouldn't you know it? Shortly after this news aired, dozens of Catholic churches were mm. destroyed. Mm -hmm. A large handful of them were burnt to the fucking ground. Imagine that. Now, even though the last person that was even buried in one of these plots of land is many, 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 many decades ago, it's... It's something that the community has always known about, too. Yeah. So I think I'm not saying that what happened in residential schools was good and that, that it needs to be brought back and Catholic corporal punishment needs to be brought back. No, fuck all that. But what I'm saying is, is you can tell the level of intellect in a group by how they react to information. Yeah. Now, going back not to this, just Not just information, history. Correct. How they react to history. When you don't know what you don't know, you don't know how to act. Right. When you do fi finally know. Right. And that's the biggest thing is going back to what we talked about earlier. When you think you are so self-important, when you think your self-importance is so valuable that when you are shook by a change in what you 
thought you knew that your only course of action is destruction and physical outbursts, you tell me that I don't need to ever listen to you. Right. You're not capable of dealing with life as it is. Yeah. No, and that's agreed. I mean, and, you know, the system that we all so depend on is the same one that breeds individuals like Harsha, and I'm probably saying this wrong, Harsha Walia, which is a Canadian official. Her reaction to Catholic churches being torched is burn it all down. Well, guess what? That's my reaction to most government. Oh, yeah. No. And here's another one. Uh, old Rob Gill, uh, who is at on Twitter at vote for Rob Gill. He tweeted, if I wake up tomorrow and the news is reporting that every Catholic church in Canada was mysteriously burned to the ground, I wouldn't be upset. This is when you start to get this activist. This is why I've always said. And I know there's been a little bit of like, oh, I don't know. I think everybody should have the right to protest. Never said they shouldn't. This goes back to why I've always said I think activism and I think protesters are gay. I think the entire idea of it and how it exists in reality is very gay because you have misinformed, uh, malinformed propagandized individuals that are highly energized behind somebody else's cause and they don't know any better because they don't know anything and they go out to go do destructive acts because they think they're doing something novel and they go out and vote for a president that they think is going to be the greatest president because the fucking news told because they were told so Right, And that's why I think in modern day, right now, living in this world, activism is repugnant. Well, something to chew on a little bit is I brought on or I've brought up 1984 repeatedly, I think, and finally actually finished that. And spoiler alert, what you end up finding out in that novel is the opposition the whole time was Big Brother. So they, the, what, you know, the whole program that was railing against the government was in fact created to strengthen that, which was being railed against. That's what all this is, is the mm -hmm. more, the more protest and aggression against the system is only going to make this system divide. that much stronger. It's divide. Well, divided also makes it stronger, but current... Current methods of activism only is going to make the state stronger. Look at what we went through last summer. Black Lives Matter. Now you have Biden and Jen Psaki out there saying the Republicans were actually the de defund police people. We're here to bolster law enforcement and double down, triple down, quadruple down where we can to make sure they have the funds and the means to carry out justice. You earned nothing. Every time I hear Jen Psaki, I want an egg roll. It just sounds like a, <laughs> an, it just sounds like a, and it sounds like a, a menu item at a Chinese restaurant. Cut it. Could I have some Jinsake, please? Oh, ooh. Jinsake? 
Uh, that's like uh, like sake. That's like a kamikaze in yeah. the liquor realm. Yeah, there you go. Sounds like a sexual sexual act. Sounds like a yeah. <laughs> it could be it could be a drink. Yeah, hey. give me give me a gin sake. Hey. Can you move your legs the way that I do chopsticks? <laughs> yeah, let's, let's try that out. Oh, is gin, that womanizing? Oh, fuck. I forgot what world we live in uh, now. I'm such a misogynist. Well, fuck so your red hair. It's the, funny, the funniest thing to me, and you know, the thing that needs to change to me is when the Chinese government does something that we hate, automatically, a lot of people rail against Chinese people. It's not Chinese people we have problems with. It's your fucking government. See, I don't think anybody rails against the Chinese people, except for blacks. I think that normal, reasonable <laughs> individuals understand that the enemy is what I said a minute sure. ago. Government. Yeah. That's why I'm an anarchist at heart. Now, in reality, at best, I can be a minarchist, but... I think all of us internally understand that if we didn't have any rulers and we were left to live life the way that we would like to live, we'd be much happier. Especially with all the advantages that we currently have. Back in the day, the lack of government was, you know, of course, seen as a bad thing because everybody wanted for something they didn't have the things that they needed therefore you had tribes of individuals attacking other individuals to gain their property that does not need to happen anymore we have a network we have the necessities we have the supplies and now government is just trying to hold on to their power because they know we don't need them true that <laughs> Now, my only reason why I even bring up this entire residential school uh, unmarked grave thing is you just saw Canada basically cancel their own Independence Day celebrations. Now, what happened in Canada is not any different than what happened in the United States, Mexico, Central America, South America. And all of the the pre-Columbian states all experience this. You, you can find, mm -hmm. finding mass graves of indigenous people in the newfound land is not difficult. Yeah, if you have been colonized at any point in your history... You've got some blood in your history. Yeah, you got a lot of dead original people there. Not saying that's good or bad. Obviously, it's not good, but it's the reality. At some point, you have to accept reality. What I find interesting with this story is, what is this? This, to me, looks like they're trying to light the next stick of dynamite. In the social sphere, as far as activism and trying to recreate what we saw last year. And that is this entire idea that Western culture is inherently and innately racist. And yep. if we can put dead kids on the forefront, there's no argument against that. We found it in Canada. That's the litmus test. Because if we, if we all of a sudden started burning down churches in America, 
or Mexico or other parts of Central and South America where they really take religion seriously. I, I don't think, think I don't think any of it's going to matter when the Ebola outbreak comes. I I, I don't. <laughs> I, I I just to me to me out of uh, out of everything I've heard all week, yeah. that's the scariest shit to me. That it, knowing that that lab has that shit is is fucking terrifying to me. Oh man. yeah, no, this is just yeah. the appetizer terrifying. to the main course. Yes, and my my point is is. What was found in Canada exists all oh, throughout. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it's it, throughout history. The only reason why they covered this now, even though there's on record people saying we've known this for decades, this is nothing new. But all of a sudden now the activism is looking for the next thing. You got the gay people fucking up with the we're going to convert your children. All right, fuck them. Yeah, the aliens. We got aliens BLM are... being super not positive, uh, positively accepted anymore. Well, what's next? We got to get, hmm. we got to get these people riled up. And the aliens didn't do it. That's no. a, that's, no. that's a so, trip. And that's my whole point. Yeah. Is finding a bunch of dead kids in Canada at the hands of Catholic church-run schools. What happens now? Look at the dynamics now. You now bring religion into this social change overtly now the vatican has not come out and said anything about these supposed mass grave sites well and they hadn't come out and said anything about fucking children either but well silence I is mean, usually their you know you their know, thing it's, it's it the, the 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 sins against the catholic church are are deep and wide i'm looking at it as what is that next catalyst right sure and I know where you're because they can't. Here's the thing: the minority, the true minority, cannot wield power if they don't have an emotional cause. They ran out of a lot of those. They've expended those. This to me looks like the best option because it exists everywhere. Right. Yeah. So they would be fools if they did not expand on this idea. I'm just talking like logistically. No, I know, like, I know sure. what you're saying. I, I think it would be a brilliant move for them to take this and push it to be something that is novel to a lot of really dumb people. And 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 I think that that is a possibility. Do I think it's going to sure. happen? I don't fucking know. Right. Uh, I'll be honest. I have no fucking clue whatsoever. But I, I listened to another podcast uh, earlier this week, uh, Timeline Earth. I've mentioned them before, where they had uh, Pete Quinones on and- they, they're usually a pretty laughy, jokey podcast, which is why I love them. But they they fell into this story, and they got super serious for about an hour and a half. And they were like, this could be the George Floyd of 2021, 22, 23, if they handle it correctly. If, if they actually know how to wield public energy, they will use this. And take it from Canada all the way down to Peru. Right. Sure. And they will light this entire Western civilization on fire. Well, uh, you know, I'll some, be interested to see if that happens. No, That's all I, I'm saying. What I, I, mean, what uh, I do want, what I wanted to, you know, play real quick, and this does tie in. Um, do it, do it. Though I, I think it's, you know, just kind of in a more roundabout way. Something we've talked about in this episode has been control. Now, um, Joe Rogan had Adam Curry on uh, this last week. I love that dude. Yeah. 
And they decided to uh, read off some observations by a fella. And I, I don't know who this is. Maybe y'all can school me. But from Zuby. Yep. He's a British rap artist that's yep. also pretty right-wing podcaster, influencer. Yep. Well, he brought up some observations of the post-COVID world and the people that live in it. And I thought that they were very interesting. Um, so I'm going to play that real quick and uh, see what you fellas think. Shoot it to us, brother. Each other about points. Do you mind if, express Do you mind if, if we have Jamie bring up Zuby's 20 points? Yeah, yeah sure, sure. Please take a look. I you, love Zuby. We're, we're, yeah. talking about this, we're talking about this exact same yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. This guy is smart. He really nailed it with this. I mean, he has the 20 points, and every it's all that we've mm. talked about in the past, you know, hour or so is all about well, Zuby's all about personal accountability and hard work and you know he's just a, he's a very intelligent thoughtful person you had him on right yeah 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 and i think what what is going on with these groups of people is a lot of people they feel disenchanted they feel disconnected from society all right 20 things i've learned or had confirmed about humanity during the pandemic one most people would rather be in the majority than be right. That's true. Right. Ding, ding, ding. That's really good. Right. Two, at least 20% of the population has strong authoritarian tendencies, which will emerge under the right conditions. You Bam. just saw that. That's exactly what we're talking Three, mm -hmm. fear of death is only rivaled by the fear of social disapproval. That's the latter could be stronger. Uh, bam. Bam. Amazing. Right? Yep. Brilliant. Four, propaganda is just as effective in the modern day as it was 100 years ago. Access to limited information has not made the average person any wiser. It's made propaganda easier. This is so good. Five, anything and everything can and will be politicized by the media, government, and those who trust them. Perfect. Six, many politicians and large corporations will gladly sacrifice human lives if it is conducive to their political and financial aspirations. No arguments here. <laughs> Seven, most people believe the government acts in the best interest of the people, even many who are vocal critics of the government. Fucking morons. A lot of truth in that. Eight. Once they have made up their mind, most people would rather rather to commit to being wrong than admit they were wrong. I think he put it too in there. He said, "Would yeah. rather commit to, to being, being wrong, wrong than admit they were wrong." Than admit they're wrong. Right. Um, nine. Wrong. Humans can be trained and conditioned quickly and relatively easily to significantly alter their behaviors, for better or worse. True. Mm -hmm. Ten, when sufficiently frightened, most people will not only accept authoritarianism, but demand it. Shall I do the, the second ten for you, Joe? Sure. All right. Eleven, people who are dismissed as conspiracy theorists are often well-researched and simply ahead of the mainstream narrative. Agreed. Perfect. True. Twelve, That's most us. people value safety and security more than freedom and liberty, even if said safety is merely an illusion. Well, that's 100% an order. We all of know the time. That uh, Thirteen, uh, hedonic adaption occurs in both directions, and once inertia sets in, it is difficult to get people back to normal. Fucking A, right? Fucking A. Fourteenth, a significant percentage of people thoroughly enjoy being subjugated. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to put a percentage on that. Yeah. Fifteen, the science has evolved into a secular pseudo-religion for millions of people in the West. This mm. religion has little to do with science itself. Nailed it. Sixteen, most people care more about looking like they are doing the right thing rather than actually doing the right thing. Hello. Yeah. Seventeen, Perception. politics, the media, science, and the healthcare industries are all corrupt to varying degrees. Scientists and doctors can be bought as easily as politicians. 
Mm. Always yeah, I agree with that. 100%. 18, if you make people comfortable enough, they will not revolt. You can keep millions docile as you strip their rights by giving them money, food, and entertainment. It's, the main, it's, it's the main reason why, it's why we have not had a revolution in uh, 19, modern years. people are overly complacent and lack vigilance when it comes to defending their own freedoms from government overreach. Mm. Let me just let me just look at that again. Modern people are overly complacent and lack vigilance when it comes. Yes, I think people are very very yeah. poor at defending their own yeah. freedoms. And twenty, it is easier to fool a person than to convince them they have been fooled. Bonus thoughts. Twenty one. Most people are fairly compassionate and have good intentions. This is good. As a result, most people deeply struggle to understand that some people, including our leaders, can have malicious or perverse intentions. This is bad. He's <laughs> <Three's> right. Ah, <laughs> oh, god damn it, Joe! You had to go do that blue pilled shit at the end. <laughs> Most people are good and believe that their political leaders share the same thing, but they might be. Dude, get the fuck out of here! I do agree. Most people are good. He fucked up with the whole like the the twenty points that Zuby made. Uh, God love Adam Curry for bringing that up on the biggest platform in podcasting because they were all spot on. Yeah. People are corruptible. If you give them unchecked power, they will, they will do the most horrendous things that you cannot perceive because most people are good. Now, as long as we live on this Island of most people are good, Powerful people will always take advantage of them. The only way that you can displace that dichotomy is when most people become bad. Now, this is what some circles would consider fed posting. But if the ruled people ever start to act like the ruling class... That's when you have terrorism. Uh, you know, it's it's gonna it's never gonna change, man. No, I'm just it's, saying if you if you if you if you think about the the people that are in right. charge, if normal everyday people acted like your elected officials, they would be held in yeah in prison right sure exactly and it's been but it's been that way all throughout history the 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 ruling class correct it's, it's the it's it's the golden rule the, the man who owns the gold the rules it's always been that way yeah doesn't mean that today we can't talk about it no i'm just saying but and i'm not but, i'm not saying that's but what i'm you're saying doing. the points that he the 20 points that he just went through yes uh, and he's talking about post-covid yeah those 20 points that shit's been there forever oh correct yeah he just said it was his observation right right. but here's the beautiful part and this is why i think that was a magnificent clip is if zuby is thinking it and adam curry hears it and thinks it's a good enough idea to share it and then joe rogan hears it and also agrees with it you know what that means there's a lot of people, a lot of different stratuses of people yeah, that probably yeah. hear that and will nod their head. He doesn't have 10 million listeners for nothing. Right. This, again, going back to democracy, folks, if you believe in democracy and the majority ruled, the majority of people, I would dare to say, already think like that. Right. Yeah. So all I'm doing 
And all I did just a minute ago was take that. There's a certain, there's a, there's a very definitive difference between a level of understanding and a level of practice. Karl Marx talked a lot about this. No, I know. Praxis. Yeah. It's just a very short term for action. And I'm not calling for action, but what I'm saying is that is the next natural step. Everybody that wants to live in their fear box thinking, oh, we can't ever do anything like that. That would just be terrible. I'm not disagreeing. But what I am telling you is, is if you ever study history, when things get to a point where somebody is saying that and everybody's agreeing, right. the next natural step is practice. Now, hey. I'm not Alan Iverson over here talking about practice. No, <laughs> but I also can't say certain words on my own podcast. A lot of what we talk about here is just, I don't know, seeing what's happening, giving our honest assessment on how it's going as it's happening, occasionally giving thoughts and ideas and occasionally. <laughs> prognostications i'd say that's even. the majority of yeah, the show. that's the majority yes yes that's a I'm democracy not even, i'm not even making a prediction because that would be claiming that something will happen that's never happened all i'm saying is if you've paid attention to what's always happened if this follows that path you will see praxis oh, we'll and see if that happens, we'll be here to cover it. But if I talk any more about it, I might practice getting my butthole reamed out in prison. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, and I, I kind of actually, it makes me want to, you know, actually give some attention to something that's been brought up, I think, at least a few times within the last two or three weeks. And that has been my, you know, change from being generally on one side of the aisle and slowly creeping or maybe not slowly, but um, creeping over to another side of thinking. I th you know, it was quicker than I thought it'd be. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll yeah. be honest, obviously, and I, I hate to stop you, but this is moving into a realm where I think there needs to be a little bit of dictation. Because I, I mentioned this last week, but I brought this up explicitly on the Fact Check This podcast with Justin Campbell, where I was surprised because... Here on the podcast, even between Doug and I, we can have conversations that are direct like, yeah, we're in the we're in the podcast, we're in the moment. We all know each other very well. And we notice when some of us are moving away from where we started. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pointing at myself. But it struck me I don't know how it struck you, but it struck me hard as shit when I heard Justin bring up Hey, let's. I want to go back to talking about Arona because I've noticed it, and he even mentioned it. I don't even know if he's aware of this, but I can tell that he's moved so far away from where I remember hearing him in episode one. And when I heard that, I was like, "Holy shit, Doug!" I thought that was just a thing between you and I. I, I, know, I know, but apparently, people that that listen, listen to they, us they've heard it yeah which also picked up on it so that I only, blew my mind by the way yeah that, so yeah I'm, i only said all that to build up the hey i've noticed not only have i noticed it <laughs> but i've noticed other people have noticed it and it's on a podcast you can hear and, it and like i said it was a lot quicker than yeah. i thought i mean it, it was because 
I, dude, I was, we started. No, you remember when we started noticing it? We were like, <laughs> we "Here's were, the, here's we'd the look weird at each thing, other Doug. and laugh, man." When he would say something, and we just because we knew what the fuck we, we knew what the yeah. fuck was going on, and we're like, and then after you, after you would leave, we're like, "Holy shit, he's coming over!" The guy's coming over. <laughs> and here's the weirdest thing for me, Doug, is I've known Arona longer than I've known you. Right, right, and that hurts my brain (laughs) because in all honesty i probably know you and you probably know me better than anybody except for my blood relatives right right yeah well we did we spent a lot of time together but then i have to go no i've known him for almost a decade before i met you and it's like brain (laughs) brain doesn't work as good anymore (laughs) and i'm like ah fuck what so, have we done? <laughs> so, for me, in the position that I, for whatever reason, hold, bringing Arona into the podcast, knowing where you were and how you've been the entire time. Sure. Being exposed to us. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, was, to be honest with you, in the beginning, we talked about it. Yeah. We didn't think it would work. No. We didn't. We we thought mm-hmm. you would like. I was like, "There's no way Rona's yeah, gonna yeah, be down yeah. for this." Yeah, he 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 kept telling me that he was like, he was like, "Dude, he'll he's not gonna do this. He's he he'll yeah. do it maybe a couple of times and then he's done. Like, Dude, and, he's gonna lose and, and interest, it, patience, and, and the energy. more it kept going along, the more it kept going along. I was and, and then when we like I said when we the dirty jeans man when we got to that. And that was in the beginning, you know, that was sure. in the beginning when everybody first got here, you know, in the actual room together. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, because, you know, those first ones when we were doing them when you were in Arizona, mm-hmm. they, they were, it completely changed when you got in the room. Sure. You know, everything changed. And I knew it would. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but dude, going from that, just, just, just like your buddy said, going from that to, even listening back to this one tonight yeah. would be would be a, would be like a fucking it, it would be what like a cliff yeah change. it is and it I, is it's a huge yeah. change i do want to explain you know so a friend of mine or actually his family a few weeks ago asked me a question that at the time i had no ability to answer because i it was just not something that i've been thinking about uh recently but he did ask me he's like you know I remember how we used to talk about, you know, all these political issues before. And he's like, I, I realize that you've changed quite a bit and just wondering what the genesis was for that. And y'all might be surprised to know it wasn't actually the podcast. I don't like this story anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, what was it? What was it? It, it started before I actually... Um, came out here and it was probably you know 19 well no actually it would be probably three months into 2000 that i started uh really going in this direction i was still supporting a lot of the same views but i was realizing as i was having conversations with people that i knew had separate views than myself they'd ask me why i supported something and for the first time since I had, you know, really been having any kind of political discourse, I didn't have any answers. You know, I used to have a lot of cogent responses of, well, for that argument, I've got this, I've got that. But for the first time, all I was doing, doing was parroting 
you know, talking points. Right. Instead of actually having discourse from my own thoughts. Right. Thinking for yourself. Yes. Yes. And and that is mm-hmm. that is the whole the biggest that is the impetus step. of the United States. That if 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 more people would do what you just said, mm-hmm. they would and not start be, thinking for themselves. Yeah, they would not be the person they are right exactly. now. Exactly. They would not. They none of them would be. That whole following the herd thing, people would rather be in the ma- majority and be wrong yeah. than be in the minority and be right. Correct. Yes. And that's a fact. That's yeah. true. But not with everybody. When you realize you're in the minority, I've been a minority my whole life. Yeah. I mean, I'm white, yes, but as far as as this, far as the way I think, this the whole, music that I play, yeah. the everything that I do in my life, I'm a minority. This whole I'm, podcast is a minority. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. If you take all the positions that we've ever discussed on this podcast, not a single one of them, if you pull them all together, not right. a single person, or in fact, no, I, I stand corrected, you might get a single person that agrees with everything we've ever said on this podcast. Right. But we would be a vast minority. Well, yeah. I mean, just the three of us in the room. We agree a lot, but we disagree on a lot of shit too. You sure, know, absolutely, and, and that's America, and that's what's wrong with the country. Yeah, if the whole country could do what we do right here, because we're three completely different people. We are. Oh yeah. I mean, we come at things from completely different we have, ways. We even we have, have different end goals as far as what we would like to see, which right, naturally right. means we're going to have very different opinions on how things should be in the exactly, immediate. exactly. Sure. And, yeah. But what I'm saying is, with us being the three people that we are and coming from completely different everything. Yeah. And to get in the room and agree on things and disagree on things and still fucking talk to each other. Mm-hmm. It's communication. That's the one word. If I could give one word to everybody in the country, it would be communicate. Yeah, that sure. is, that is the major fucking thing. And we got our politicians. They won't even talk to each other now. You know, I mean, and, that's- and, and what I would say in the same exact remark that you just made was everybody get over yourself. Yes. Agreed. Yes. Well, and, you know, back in the day, you know, something that they have certainly scrubbed off of television, especially news channels, they used to have spirited debates. They had yeah, crossfire. Exactly. And yep. a lot of times also that they even had a yeah. better show. With what the fuck was his name? Yeah. McLaughlin. Yes. McLaughlin. Yeah. 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 Okay. Mc- yeah. yeah. He gotcha. had a show for John years. McLaughlin. Yes. Yeah. And his entire goal was to have two people of very, very different opinions. <laughs> yeah. He'd be the moderator, but he would not be one of these bitch ass yeah. modern day moderators. He'd be like, "All right, you're both wrong." Tiny, tiny, both dumb. Yeah. Dumb, Yeah. Yeah. I've heard. I've listened that's, to both of you, and that's it's all wrong. It's all. What did you have for breakfast? (laughs) (laughs) It's how it should be. Yes. Think about it real quick. In a debate, what you're doing is it's an intellectual method of exhibiting dominance. You're trying to have the dominant opinion. You're trying to have the idea that carries the dominant position. Right. The reason why we are different from animals is, you know, not acting animalistic. So this was, in my opinion, going back and watching all these old episodes, and there's some fucking doozies. Oh, yeah. There's some really good shit. This was the pinnacle of realizing that I have animal characteristics, but I also can out 
intellect, the, the animal, and I can carry myself in a way, mm-hmm. but I'm still after the same goal. Right. And that yeah. is that person being dead ideologically. Right. In a very interesting forum for someone like me, who's a nerd. Well, I understand it. I'm a nerd, but I thought that show was fucking fantastic. Yeah, it and was. I, yeah. It was very good. And, I, you know, my main thing on that, though, even more beautiful than that. Like, you know, you can say whatever you want well, about more war. beautiful is debatable. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. You can say what you want about lawyers and what you think about them, but one of their honored pasts and They're something. All Jews. <laughs> one of the honored things that they used to do in debate is they were usually forced to debate an issue opposite from their own from, view from the other side yes that's the whole idea of yes. debate yeah because you exactly. know what that requires the ability to see the issues from a different perspective exactly mm-hmm. and yeah. once you get people in a position where they can see things from other perspectives other agendas and that becomes a better well-rounded person because they understand immediately and it's not just a win debate arguments and whatever but you genuinely understand i know why you want the thing that you want that i think that i'm against because we have different reasons why we're for and against and you know who was brilliant at that and i know you're not gonna agree with me was barack obama no, dude, that, I, I don't that, think that anybody can argue that he was brilliant. a great speaker. He was I mean, he was an debate, amazing debater. Speaker. No, yeah, I'm debater talking about too. debating. Here's I'm the thing. In a debate. You know what, Doug? The reason why th- that you're already right is because you already knew I was going to be against it. <laughs> no, yeah. You're a brilliant debater. And the reason I say that is because of what you just said. Mm-hmm. He can see the other side. He can see what they're going to come at him with. And not only that, but he thinks. That's why he does sure. a lot of, um, and he speaks slow. He's mm-hmm. thinking. He's thinking about hey, no, uh, what uh, he's uh, actually uh, saying. Uh, yeah. yeah, when he does that kind of shit. Well, and, that, and that is a, that's a sign of not only uh, listening to what you just heard. Sure. But coming back at what you just heard with your best argument against what you just heard. Yeah. And I mean- and I agree with that. Uh, you know, one of the things I wanted to say, though, for sure, about what I said previously about the beautiful art of that, of putting yourself in different shoes, it's a principle of battle that yeah. I, I forget what general said it, that he was basically like, in order to beat my enemy, I must love right. my enemy. Yeah, exactly. You have to be your enemy. Mm-hmm. That's the, And that's the only way to win any argument Yeah, is you have to know... Uh, you have to know the tendencies of the other side. It's just like a football game. It's the same thing. If mm-hmm. if if you go to one in a debate, if you go to an issue, say that uh, that you're staunchly for, and you know that the guy that you're debating is staunchly against it, you need to know everything already. You need to know what he's going to say before he even says it of why he's against it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that sure. is that and that's the strategy of football, that's the strategy of war, it's the strategy of anything that you want to win at. Sure. It's it's just a given. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, you love your love your enemy. That's what that means. You you have to know what your opponent is going to do at any time in any situation. And that's a hard read. Yeah. You know, it's a hard read to know like uh if I come at him with this, 
uh, what's his defense to this? You know, coaching all the, it's, it's all the same. It's yeah. all the same thing. Debating in football, there's fucking not a dime's worth of difference. I'm not gonna lie. I just walked back into the room and I thought you guys were talking about the art of war. Oh uh, well, and war actually, it's the same much, thing. Yeah, that's what that's I brought up. We, that's, yeah, know your enemies and yes, know yes, their steps. And, yes, you know, yeah, all that stuff. War debate, anything that that requires you uh, overtaking an opponent, anything, tennis, uh-huh. it doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. You have to know what your opponent is capable of doing to damage your idea of what it means to take it over. You know what I mean? It's, exactly. It's, it's crazy. It's, mm-hmm. But it's a fact of life. But I, I mean, that's the degradation of our world is leading us away from the use of thought and then just providing everyone with popular thought. And that That's the breakdown of our society. Yeah. Well, what we're moving towards is populism. And the sooner everybody understands slash is comfortable with that, the easier it will be for those to understand it. And that's all that we're living in now. Now, the actual policies that are carried out, those are things that are well determined or determined well ahead of time. But the people that will carry them out, as far as the figurehead, they will be the populist right or the populist left. That's just how that is. Not, not trying to get into a long debate about that, but going back to what was just mentioned recently with the uh, my misconception of you guys talking about the art of war and deception and if if you don't know that you're already in a war you've already lost that war takes me to the probably the biggest story of this week in all honesty and we saved the best for last as far as the magnitude of the story but we got to we got to get into the Haitian president assassination yeah like, we just have to and the craziness that surrounds it and the craziness that led up to it. But sure. the funny thing about actual historical events is the vast majority, the overwhelming majority of people will never pay attention to the things as they're building up to the thing that then that time is then defied by. And that's fine. How the fuck are you always, you'd have to be a tinfoil hat wearing conspiracy theorist to always think that there's something around the corner. But once that thing around the corner becomes the thing that's right in front of you, and now the thing behind you because it happened, now it's time to look at all the things that were there around the corner. And I think that anytime you have a world leader, even though you have Haiti, poorest country in the West, not a big swinging dick in the global sphere, anytime you have a leader of a country get assassinated in their bedroom by getting shot anywhere between 12 and 18 times and having your eyes gouged out spoiler alert along with the spouse that's a fucking story now his wife got shot three times they didn't want to do her the same dirty as they did him yeah if you don't know what the fuck we're talking about google it and pause us and come back because i'm about to say some shit that might make you think i don't know if he's telling the truth Because it sounds like it's fiction. Anywhere upwards of 25 to 50 plus people took over the personal residence. And we'll get to why it was a personal residence. But the personal residence of the 
president of Haiti and murdered his ass in a very brutal way. They didn't just shoot him. They shot him once, saw that he was still alive, gouged his eyes out. No, they marked him. Yeah, they yeah. tortured the fuck out of him. Um, he also had a couple of kids in the house. They they hid. They got away, or they survived. The wife is actually in Miami at a hospital recovering from her three gunshot wounds, but the the president of Haiti got straight up fucking tortured and murdered. Now, this group of individuals showed up to the residence, and there's video of it. It's spoken in both Spanish and English. We're the DEA. Yeah, that's what they're saying. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, that's enough to get into the conspiracy-minded folks, you know, buzzing. But it wasn't until they got into a gunfight with these guys. Killed four of them, captured, I think, 27 of them. There's still, obviously, a shitload more right. on the loose in Haiti. Probably not in Haiti anymore, but anyway. Um so far as what we know now, Friday, July 9th, is that I think out of the 26 or so people captured, you got two Americans mm-hmm. and 27 Colombians. Colombians. That's one hell of a spread, by the way. No, zero Haitians? Yeah. That's not a coup. That's an overthrowing. Yeah, they, yes. they were saying they were saying that, well, in... They had some Venezuelans in there, too, is what I heard. At first, they thought that Venezuela was involved. Right. Now, here's the funny thing. I'm glad you mentioned that, Doug. Because when I heard the story, my immediate memory was brought back to May of last year. It's funny. Now, remember the number displacement that we just said. Now, yesterday, Haiti paraded these intruders all around national TV. Right. It's now out there. You got two Americans and a whole shitload of Colombians. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, that country that we had the whole deal with cocaine war with. Hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. So again, just remember two Americans, a lot of others, the now, uh, birthers of the drug war. Now, if you remember this time or last year in May, there was a story that came out. Nothing came of it immediately, but I didn't forget about it. Let me play this for you if you've never heard it before. This is quite interesting. Two Americans have been captured in Venezuela. That nation's embattled president, Nicolas Maduro, says the men were part of a failed plot to invade the country. He claims their plan was to kill him. Seen as Barbara Starr joins us now with these breaking details. Barbara, what do we make of the veracity of Maduro's comments and the identity? I remember. First of all, Venezuela, that's not Haiti. Yeah, I remember that. (laughs) But yeah, uh, okay, so just a quick pause. Two Americans captured in Venezuela, and the leader was, you know, thinking they were going to kill him. Mm -hmm. Well, let's see what happens next. These two men. Well, 
Well, John, it is a mystery this morning. We've reached out to the administration over the Trump administration overnight, haven't heard back. But Nicolas Maduro appearing on television in Venezuela and showing there are a number of videos now appearing that appear to show two Americans amongst a group that has been captured. Maduro says they were out to conduct a coup against him. Now, these Americans have been identified as Aaron Barry and Luke Denman. They are said to be former U.S. military, still to be confirmed. These videos, including these men in a boat with their hands up, uh, show that you also show U.S. passports, U.S. documentation. All of this still to be confirmed. Let me let me let me give the wow. audience a little wow. education. Two Americans, okay, black ops in the CIA. Oh wow! This is absolutely the way they operate. <laughs> they have a couple of Americans go in and train and teach these whoever what that what they're going to train them to do and they work with them and and, and now, now i'm not saying that's what's happening i'm not i'm not saying that could be i would just Maybe. ask hey do you remember our episode about january 6th our most recent one mm-hmm. where we played on air people radicalizing the majority to go do something the really crowd. fucking stupid yes and then also, yeah, you didn't wait long enough for me to forget about May 2020, where we had a couple of Americans radicalizing approximately 26 other nationals right. to go take out the Venezuelan leader. Speak- and then they just so happened to be effective in Haiti. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of which, Americans, that is what an insurrection looks like, not January 6th. Hey, oh, I, yeah, don't disagree. Um, now Haiti, like I've already said, is the poorest of the Western nations. In fact, the whole reason why their leader was capped in his house was because of the earthquake back in 2010, which demolished the presidential estate. So he was elected in, in like 2016, 2017, whatever. And by that time, it was already normal for the leader of Haiti to still reside in their personal domicile. Now, sure, they put up center block walls and had defense and security teams. But if you've seen the video, they call out to these security teams and get them to drop their arms by claiming to be American. Right. DEA. By speaking English. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, if you if you know anything about Haiti and where it's um, positioned and the drug trade, they're very familiar with DEA. There's a reason why they didn't say ATF, right. CIA, FBI. First of all, CIA doesn't declare themselves, but there's a reason why they didn't say, Department of Interior, put your arms down. There's a reason why they said DEA, because the DEA is what actually runs... The Haitian government from an American perspective. Right. Look back at the numbers. Look at how much uh, money is sent from Congress and look at the agency that carries it out. The DEA is how they know America. So it was a natural smart play. But the fact that they had English that good. And then when they finally caught up to them, they did have a gun battle, by the way. There are four people of this supposed uh, suicide squad that are dead now. Now, the and four we don't dead, know their identities. Oh, we don't know if they're four Americans? No. We don't know their identities yet. 
But what we do know is out of the remaining 20 plus people that are captured, mm-hmm. two of them are it's Americans. It's just funny. Two of them are Americans. <laughs> I mean, it's. And the rest are Colombians. It sounds so <laughs> similar to. And if you look at the video from May of last year when this shit went down in Venezuela, right. it looks almost identical. Now, you already know if you're a longtime listener to this show, I don't stray away from conspiracy theories. And I'm not even stating a conspiracy theory or creating a new one. I'm just saying, take a look at it. It looks like the same exact squad. Fine, fuck it, I'll say it. Right. It looks like the same exact fucking squad that was captured in Venezuela carried out this shit in Haiti. This mm-hmm. is like a regional, like, you already got Gaddafi. Uh, war with Syria is not popular. We're supposedly getting out of Afghanistan, bro. Right. Uh, no one gives a flying fuck about Iraq, Kuwait, you know, Yemen. Nobody knows what the fuck that is. So you can't go to war with China or Russia. Why not exact your power over Central America? This is this is like the forty year rotation of America. We were doing the same shit forty plus years ago. Why not do it again? That's what I'm saying. This yeah. looks like it has stars and stripes written all the fuck over it. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. That's what we've become keen at. We overthrow governments. And I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, sorry to bring up Iraq again. <laughs> we saw how well that works out. We're the master us. at insurrection. Got that fucker hung. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, after they pulled him out of his hole. Sodomized by a knife. But yeah. Oh, no, you're talking about no, Iraq. I'm talking Not, about, okay, my so, bad. Yeah. I'm talking about I get, Saddam. I they yanked my, him out of a hole, shaved <laughs> him, got, got him all cleaned up, and then hung him. Oh, I forgive you, Jim. We get our uh, insurrections mixed up I from the United States. I get my dictators murdered by the state yeah. mixed up every once in a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's easy to happen since that's all we've done since the late 1800s. Well, yeah, definitely I mean, starting with World War One. Yeah. That's, Thank you, Woodrow Wilson. But anyway, not to get on that trip, but yeah, the Haitian fucking president was KO'd. He was ixnayed in his own fucking house. And it's funny because that happened two days after the most recent prime minister was nominated. He's still not technically sworn in. So the... The weight of leadership. Mm. Now, there is an assumed leader. There, I, I don't have it with me now, but uh, there is a prime minister in Haiti, the one that was nominated, that assumed power. Now, technically, through their systems, he has not been approved at all. He has no legal power. I yeah. think they just took the whole lame duck thing to a big extreme. Yeah. Now, the different scenario that is more conspiratorial is and there's a meme going around i think it's fucking hilarious and i don't think it's incorrect and it says the three countries refuse the covid vaccine now all three of their presidents have died unexpectedly Mm -hmm. and that is factual yes it's true with haiti with tanzania and with uh fuck i forget the country name it's like baruti yeah, I forget which one. They've had a like a total of something like 30 cases in the entire country and it just so happens they say that their leader died due to COVID. Mhm. 
Exactly. That was the one in Tanzania. Yeah. John Magafuli. He dies. Beautiful pronunciation. He dies age 61 after COVID rumors. All of their death certificates are rumored. He was riddled with COVID. He was. <laughs> What's funny is they the world lost respect for him when he tests his goat for corona and it came up positive. How did he test his goat? He used a coronavirus test, like a home test. Like uh, this is like early on last year, and he swabbed his goat, sent it in, and it came back positive. So he didn't use his penis. No. To test the gut. No, this is actually a well-known story. Like, he he was pressured by the global governments or whatever um, to put out mass testing to get ready for mass vaccination. He said, fuck you. Fuck COVID. COVID ain't no shit. This is Africa. And, and he's like, if you send me a test, I'll send you back a sample. And they said, thank you. And so he took the test. And he swabbed his goat's hoof. <laughs> Look it up. It's real. He's put that in and it showed up positive for COVID. And he went on for the next six months talking about how COVID was bullshit, how it didn't exist. And if you're dying, it's not because of COVID. It's because of other illnesses that everybody dies from. Every, he was far more extreme than I've ever right, talked. Right. Sure. Now, the funny thing is, or not funny, but the interesting thing is, is in his country of Tanzania, a population of 58 million through the entirety of COVID up until May of this year, they have a total of 500 cases out of 58 million with 28 deaths. So he was talking shit, talking mad shit about COVID the whole time was sent a test, swabbed his goat's toe fungal, sent it back, saw that it was positive, and said, Booyakasha. <laughs> and then he, he, he miraculously dies of COVID. Hmm. There's another president, same similar story, you know, had like 5 million people, only had like 30,000 people ever technically get sick from COVID. And had like eight people die. And then he died from cardiac arrest. And he was 15 years or uh, 10 years younger than him. And it was just like, oh, and that interesting. And Haiti, also the poorest country of the West, doesn't even have the capabilities that America has. They have a population of 11 plus million people. In total, they've had 19,000 cases, 462 deaths, and as of May of this year, zero civilians with even the first vaccination shot. Well, you heard the, uh, who was it? I think, I guess it's Pfizer. They're talking about a third shot now. The booster. As a booster shot. Yeah. Against the Delta variant. Dude. They're yeah, when on I, Epsilon when I, variant. When 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 I hear Delta variant, yeah. it it I think of a a tranny blues musicians from Mississippi. <laughs> That's what a, a you know yeah. makes uh, sense. A yeah, Delta I, I variant. Like that guy's a Delta variant. <laughs> uh, he's a, 
<laughs> you know, I mean, it's like uh, wow. he's got the a, words a big tuba. Yeah, yeah. I think this is going to be in the Urban Dictionary yeah. at some point. Yeah, a Delta variant. Yeah, it is a. She's uh, carrying a big old tuba. A, tra- a training from Mississippi. That's a Delta variant. <laughs> but no, it's it's uh, beyond the two Americans in both scenarios. Everything else that we covered, I just I. I see it as interesting shit. You got assassinations going on of global leaders. You've got now a small three member party of global leaders that explicitly look them up on YouTube, Fran, look up the leader of Haiti, leader of uh, Tanzania. (laughs) That's easy uh, for you to say. And listen to how they talk about the vaccine and COVID in general, and they're all dead now. And one, the the closest one to a, the United States is dead in the way that a lot of people thought that Venezuela was going to be dealt with last May. So don't have anything definitive to talk about as far as conclusive evidence there, but it's something that just went down. I'm some- sure the New World Order folks, the ones that conspiracy on that are losing their fucking mind over this shit. Oh, I think they handled it poorly. I don't think there was supposed to be any recording of it. No, I, I of think course. right now the only reason why we even know about it is because the fact we know about it means it was a failure. It was not supposed to go down that way. No. But when you're dealing with third world countries, they don't give a flying fuck. Fuck decorum. My whole point is is I I don't know exactly what this is, but there's enough indicators out there to keep my attention. And it just looks a little suspicious. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. That's all we're saying. I'm closing up the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On that note. Yeah. Yeah. No. I'm, I'm no. trying to walk us down. Yeah. Hey, well, uh, let me walk us down. Next Friday, our first single will be released. By the time you hear this podcast, it'll probably be Monday or Tuesday, maybe. So you will be the first people to hear this. So congratulations to you. Instead of the normal fare that you usually listen to on the way out of this shit show that we do every week, this is the new song from Stumblewitch. It's called Over Again. All the 
begin to fall Now's the time we must agree 